I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, you ever wonder what Phil and I wear while we podcast? You can find out if you join our Patreon. We'll also be talking about the films of 1989, but that's definitely less important than seeing our Zoom backgrounds, our headphone choices, and our sweatshirts. It's true. It's true. You'll get to see all the various pieces of artwork that I have framed on my office wall, and you can see Kenny's garden, sort of. So that's something. That's exciting. It's a hanging garden. It's a hanging garden. Uh, But perhaps more important than anything, uh, we are doing this Patreon to cover the best films of 1989. Uh, Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, with amazing guests like Tom Meissen, Liz Hanna, Joanna Robinson, Brian Cogman, Chuck Hayward. You can sign up at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. And for $5, you'll get access to all the audio of these fantastic episodes. For a few bucks more, you'll get video as well of our 99 and 89 episodes. And perhaps, most importantly, you'll be supporting us uh, so we can just keep making podcast content for you guys. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 getting blown off the runway here in 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I am Felisco. And with us today is the color man from the Screen Drafts podcast, podcast Phil and I have both been on not nearly enough times. <laughs> uh, Ryan Mark, he's also the general manager of the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica, the finest Repertory theater in I mean, LA? Is it's that one of them. You know, it's one of them. I would definitely, I would say it's well, the it's finest. Well, it's the finest. But, you it's know, the it's finest. up for debate. It's, yes. 
I also it, it it should be said too that we are record you are recording yes. from the arrow. So behind behind Ryan we can which which when we recorded the Winona Ryder one if I'm not yeah. mistaken you might have been there too. If I, but the reason I say this is just it is glorious yes, to see a person yes, in a movie theater. Pretty, right um, now. Uh, so yes, we should yes. all be very excited about that. Yes, I'll be sure to FaceTime you from <laughs> Cruella this weekend. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, no, I'm very excited <laughs> actually to to be on this podcast from the arrow. I feel like it's the two things I've been thinking about a lot in the last week have been uh, these two things and, and really nothing else. The arrow is primed to be open. We have upgraded literally everything. We've painted this place. We've cleaned this place. It's, it's gorgeous. It's honestly, I think the best it's looked in maybe 25, 30 years. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's been fascinating to That's just awesome. be a part of it, you know, to just see the transformation over the last, like, honestly, this year was a big one and we did a big renovation three years ago. So the arrow is sort of, you know, and it's 80 years old this year. So it's kind of fascinating Incredible. to kind of see it get such a wonderful, you know, upgrade all throughout this year. So the American Cinematheque is ready to, uh, ready to fly can- its flag. Uh, here at the Arrow. <laughs> when, where can people? Find it's all this online. We have a brand new website. We've rebranded. Uh, it looks gorgeous. There's so many cool things that are happening on this website, including like you know, honestly, virtual events that happen every week and have throughout the course of the pandemic. Um, sure. But yeah, it's there's some yeah. great shit coming. Yeah. Wow. I need to. I need to. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna look at it right now. Hold on. A second. For listeners, for listeners of the pod. Uh, Indiana Jones' Last Crusade will be there in, uh, right. on June 20th, which is a okay, film we yeah. did yep. on, our, on our 89 pod. I personally might go there for uh, In and of Itself, which I've yet to watch and wanted to watch. Now I think it might be a great Absolutely. experience to watch on the big screen. E.T. in 70 millimeter. For children. E.T. For, for people with children, yeah. We're opening with a full month guys. of 70 millimeter. I mean, I mean, to be clear, that's exactly what we wanted to do because it's kind of like, look, we're all back. Let's get the screen as big as possible. Yeah. Let's get our sound, which we've upgraded here. Oh. Like, I mean, there's a rumble in the seats now at the Arrow. Like, it's a really weird, different experience great. than it was before. Um, so that's just really exciting. I'm I'm gonna go, and, yeah, and I am. I'm calling my shot right now. I've been wanting to see Lawrence of Arabia in a uh, movie theater my entire life. <laughs> I bought tickets because they they did it recently. Um, yeah, you know that there's there's something that does it. Whatever. I bought tickets six months mm-hmm. in advance, and it turned out I was out of town that day and couldn't go. So yes. two nights, Lawrence of Arabia, the twenty sixth yes. and twenty seventh. I will be in town. I'm going to one of those nights. I'm doing it right now, putting it on the family calendar. And <laughs> family uh, calendar. I want to see Vertigo. Seventy on, millimeter. Uh, it is a glorious. Yes. Kenny sh- shrugging off Vertigo. O- overrated. Stop I mean, the best it, film Kenny. of all time. Wow. Come on, it is. Blasphemy. It is. It's not the best film of all time. I didn't say Have it was you... the best film of all time. It's a great movie, though. Sight and sight and sounded. Have you of seen Field of Dreams, Ryan? I mean, come oh, on. Here we, here we go. Here <laughs> well, we go. A, I'm kidding. I know. Jeez I know. Louise, I'm not trying to lose, um, lose our, our, no, guest, our guest from the from the cheap seats at the Arrow trying to argue Field of Dreams <laughs> in front of the Vertigo. Um, all right, Ryan, the movie we're doing tonight is uh, Pushing Tin. Do you know why um, you were here for Pushing Tin? I do. Tin? I think... I think that I I don't really, oh. uh, but I have a I feel like it's kind of slipped out somewhere throughout screen drafts that I have that I do kind of like like personally like sort of low key love this movie, um, but I don't know where and I don't know who gave that away. Maybe 
Okay. Kenny will tell you, I'm sure. So I, well, I, I wish I, I wish I did my own research, but I didn't. So basically, uh, I think right after our pod, whenever that was, sure. whenever we recorded the Bruckheimer pod, which is you know one of the best <laughs> drafts I did, um, we uh, we we said to Ryan, we'd love to have you on the podcast, so please come on. But I'm like, I mean, if if we find something for him, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then I was listening to a I was listening to a to a screen okay. draft like the next day. And you mentioned on that screen, Jeff, and I don't know which one it was, but you mentioned, yeah, as you said, you kind of low-key love that movie. So immediately I was like, we, we <laughs> got to be suck. right away. I was like, we got a worm on the hook pushing tin. <laughs> <laughs> we got to reel, we got to reel this done. I got like, to reel this baby He texted in. me right away. He's like, Ryan Marker, big pushing tin fan. And I was like, all right. <laughs> incredible. Lock it in. No, I, put no, no, but so that is so that is why we asked you if you wanted to do it. And immediately I think you were like, yes, but the thing about pushing tin is I do think it has its Does fans. It? I think yeah. that it actually wouldn't have been I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow. Three stars. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm I'm joking <laughs> for mo, mo I mean maybe a third of what I just said is a joke. Most of it's true. But uh but the part that's a joke is we could have there are people who wanted to do this movie. We went with the best person. I see. Um, so of you, of course, and we're so happy to have you, Ryan. Um, I, I, I gotta say, if 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 somehow our listeners have not listened to Screen Drafts, um, this the podcast really wouldn't work without Ryan. It really doesn't make <laughs> sense without really? you there because you you want to know the the. Well, I'll tell you the thing you do that I do that you know great podcasters do. We don't like sure. you don't like every movie, and you did it on you did it on our podcast when you you know just just took me to task for my Top Gun pick, uh, and I cr- and I curled up into a ball and cried. But it's appropriate because when you later uh, when you later talk about your love for particular films, I know it's coming from a genuine place, and you're also not a snob um, like so many people, so many colleagues <laughs> are. So you know it's uh, it's <laughs> wow. <laughs> Seriously. Firing, firing Locked across the bow. I uh, yeah. so, <laughs> love it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to take his place. I'm trying to, I'm trying to Ripley him out of this podcast. <laughs> next time, you, next time you book Cobb, uh, I'm going to show up. I think I'm this is shave a my head and show this up. This is a this is a uh, WrestleMania match. I think uh, Nebart versus Cogman. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I know. I keep. I, it's. I feel. I feel like I'm. I, I feel like I'm like punching <laughs> up over here. Um, but uh, but point the, the point is I really enjoy your takes on the podcast, and I feel like you're the one who really uh, solidifies whether or not it was a good pick or a bad pick. And I think that's a really it's a wow, really important that's pick. fascinating. I love I, this. I, I, I no, I think that I mean, and, and to 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 double down on what Kenny's saying, I think that you know podcasts that have two hosts. You know, mm-hmm. it's a balance, right? And and I think that obviously both sides bring something valuable to the equation. But like you and Clay are very different in your tastes in the best possible ways, and I think that that helps 
you know, make the make the podcast feel um, lived in. It doesn't feel like, you know, I think that Kenny and I have a similar dynamic, although I do think we agree a lot of the time. And I think totally. you and Clay agree a fair amount of the yeah, time. Yeah, no, they it's, do, just, a, yeah. it's yeah. just an interesting thing. I mean, you're totally right. What I think of the, the most with Clay, who's honestly one of, one of the greatest guys and one of my best friends, I'd say at this point, he has literally, He's he lovely. had to drag me across. He had to literally drag me to do a podcast. I said, no, I don't want to do that. I really turned him down like when he was like, let's do this thing screen drafts right. after Vidiot sort of had to, you know, sort of wind down. We were, <laughs> I was just like, I don't know, dude, that seems really long, you know, it's just, and so it's fascinating after all this time that I do think we've sort of both accepted, you know, our fates and that screen drafts is just a super fun show to, mm-hmm. to, to bear witness to, and I, I really, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm uh, honored that you would say that about my contributions to the show. That's that's no, it's really fascinating enjoy, yeah. to hear, honestly, because it is Clay's baby. He invented it. Here's what I do know, though. I, I was going to say, I think I've said this to Clay, or I, I don't know, I've certainly said it somewhere in my in my my, my life. I uh, there there's real genius in screen drafts because screen drafts as a game is dumb, but screen drafts as a podcast yeah. is excellent. There's like it all, you know, it, it it's a gentleman's game, right? So it relies on the the two people agreeing sure. to not talk before and agreeing to 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 keep their cards close to the vest. So it's not really a game in any real sense. It's you you have to you have to kind of work to make it a game. But as a podcast, the countdown format is so <laughs> tense. Like it it really does matter to me. Right. Like what gets near the top. And Can that's I just say, that, and I that's also- the genius. It, it needs to be said that I remember when I texted Kenny and said, I'm going on screen drafts with Dana. We're going to do a Winona Ryder uh, draft. And Kenny texted me and said, I got to be honest. I don't really get the rules. <laughs> and Kenny's a, Kenny's a rules guy. Because it's and, and, a bad game. No, no, it's, it's a great no, I, That wasn't a judgment, right? It's a great podcast. But I tried to explain the rules. And in explaining the rules, even I kind of sure. was like, I'm not really sure I understand the rules. And then you listen to it, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, no, right." This is great. And, and it's a very elaborate rules There's a- that really only lie in Clay's brain. Like <laughs> I, I know the rules by now, but it took me a long time, you know. And it, we act, we added sense. rules as we go. I mean, it's sort of it makes total sense to me yeah. now. But as I was yes. explaining it before I went on with Dana, I was just sort of like, "I think I kind of get it." And then Kenny was like, "Listen, I'm sure it'll be a great episode." And then you listen to it, obviously, and and he's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. now I get with the brilliance of Best, this, of this perfect episode." There's a great quote about Wikipedia, which is, "It would never work mm-hmm. in theory. Only it could never work in mm-hmm. theory. Only in practice." Which is to say, if I told you we were going to have an open source encyclopedia that anybody can access at any moment, you'd think it was Bedlam, like GeoCities was Bedlam, or any other crazy open source thing. But Wikipedia is more accurate than the actual encyclopedia because it only works in practice. I I love Wikipedia. I feel the same way about screen drafts, which is, in theory, it doesn't work. You have to actually listen and experience it. And then it is the most rewarding podcast. Uh, uh, it also needs to be something you care about too, right? Like you need to listen to, at least in the beginning, you need to listen to a right. draft that you're invested in. Like I think about Kenny's text to me during the Pixar draft and Kenny was just like, <laughs> <laughs> during, during a lot, like at a certain point, Kenny just texted me like, this is just, this is just someone just scorched earth for, for no reason. And it, <laughs> You should have stopped. You should have. You should have stopped the draft right there. I mean, 
should. I know it's. I know it's unethical, but you just should have said this didn't exist last episode. (laughs) I I know we went out of our way to get Griffin Newman on this app, but goodbye. Um. So Ryan, yes, Pushington. Did you see Pushington in '99 or around '99, or is this a film that you've recently? No, I saw it when it came out. Uh, I saw it on video when okay. it came out. I was in college. I worked at a yeah. video store. I managed a video store. Uh, it was my college job. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, it was just sure. one of those movies that I, I would say, like, and I still stand by this, Pushington <laughs> is a wacky movie. Like, it's definitely, like, a wild ride. Like, there's something chaotic and shambolic about it that I just love. Um, but I, and I would say that definitely it really only works in two places. And that's like after midnight or on a plane, it is, those are (laughs) really, you'd want to watch this on a plane. Absolutely. It's the last place I'd want to watch. I love a plane movie on a plane. It's really with you. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not afraid uh, of crashing. That's the thing. See, I'm terrified of flying, so I don't want to Understood. double down okay. and start then this, watching Then for you, Phil, things. it's after midnight. Yeah, no. Don't watch it at 7.30. This is not a movie to, you know. Well, then maybe I maybe I watched it at the wrong time. Maybe Kenny and I watched it at the wrong time. <laughs> in, 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 three, in, three, in three chunks at 7.30 a.m., then at a coffee shop for an hour, and oh, then in wow. my car on my phone. <laughs> Uh, is that the wrong Pushing way to Tim watch got it, the, Ryan? Pushing Tim got the creme de la creme viewing experience from Kenny Nybert. Pushing, pushing. Well, I was too busy listening to the Screen Draft podcast. I had to figure out where I could. So I want to. I'm going to give a synopsis and just get this out <laughs> of the way on, right up man. top because I I don't think a lot of people know what Pushing Tin is. Interesting. Is the thing as well. Like I, so, just let me okay. just let me get this out of the way real quick. Uh, a new recruit unsettles the close knit team of air traffic controllers who look after flights in and out of New York. Uh, filmed in Toronto, uh, his serious and competitive approach. Um, coupled with a wild side for his character, give a highly dangerous edge to his relationship with the team's reigning star performer, one that spills over into our personal <laughs> lives. <laughs> Sorry. Written by Glenn and Les Charles of Cheers fame, their only screenwriting credit, uh, feature screenwriting credit. Uh, directed by Mike Newell of Four Weddings and a Funeral, Donnie Brasco, Harry Potter, and the Goblet of Fire fame. Pushington opened on April 23rd, 1999 in fourth place behind The Matrix, Life, and Never Been Kissed. It would go on to make $8.4 million on a $33 million budget. It's got 48% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 42% from audiences. Roger Ebert gave the film three stars and said, like an overloaded airplane struggling to lift off, the characters in Pushington leap free of the runway only to be pulled back down by the plot. John Cusack and Billy Bob Thornton play two air traffic controllers who are prickly and complex, who take hold of a scene and shake it awake and make it alive, only to be brought down by simpering series of happy endings. For at least an hour, there is hope that the movie will amount to something singular. It takes us into a world we haven't seen much of, air traffic control center. Controllers peer into their computer screens like kids playing a video game, barking instructions with such alarming quickness that we wonder how pilots can understand them. They use cynicism to protect themselves from the terrors of the job. One guy, an aluminum shower in his future, 
the movie opens with a laconic observation. You land a million planes safely. Then you have one little midair and you never hear the end of it. The movie is not going to be shown on airplanes. Ironically, it is. The movie also does an <laughs> observant job of showing us the atmosphere inside an air traffic control center where the job description includes depression, nervous breakdowns, heart attacks, and hypertension. The movie is worth seeing for the good stuff. I'm recommending it because the performances and the details in the air traffic control center. The director is Mike Newell. His gift is... His gift in making his characters come alive is so real that it actually underlines the weakness of the ending. We believe, we know Russell and Nick, uh, know them so well, we can tell in the last half hour when they stop being themselves and start being puppets of a boring studio ending. Um, yeah, it does not sound, sound like, like a, three out of four. Uh, I'm start a recommend, uh, a recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> That's, but I, 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 there's yeah, stuff that I agree right. with and stuff I don't. But, but I, I mean, by and large, I don't think that Ebert's I, being completely. I, I, I hear that. I would say, however, this movie, you know, has a kind of. I don't think it's kind of aiming for, you know, sort of a realism. I think that's sort of, it's always been confusing to me when people see this movie and don't like it for that reason. It's certainly kind of a romantic comedy set in this world. And it's not even... Um, uh, romantic? Well, it's... I was going to say, comedic? Where's, where's uh, the romance? <laughs> I, hear, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a romantic comedy. However, I do think it kind of has traces of sort of that sort of late 90s um who, who gives a fuck quality to you know sexual politics you sure. know and i more than traces yeah that's its downfall for me. <laughs> and i will yeah. say that there yeah. is a large degree of nostalgia for the for me for this movie i think that the performances sort of transcend sort of the shakiness of the script however i do think that there's a lot of like interesting i'm always a sucker like and i i I will admit this i am a sucker for like a meta quality to a late 90s movie and to me like this is a vintage 1999 movie it's not a movie that was made like that much thereafter obviously it has a very clear pre 9-11 feel you know um, oh yeah, it's, it's very true. It's got like janky special effects running throughout it. It's like oh, when they get blown by the jet wash at the end, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I just love this era of special <laughs> effects where they just they thought they were working at all cylinders, and like you know, within five years, you're like, holy <laughs> shit, this is insane. <laughs> I, I also love. I also love that this is this is pre tom cruise just humiliating every leading man and forcing them to do their own insane stunts or else they're like big wimps so five years ten years later when tom cruise is literally hanging off the side of a plane taking off they absolutely really would have done this i guarantee you they really would have done this they would have been lining up to really do this so i i i want to i i want to sort of um I want to piggyback on what you were saying a little bit, Ryan, Um, which is that, first of all, I want to be above board. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't hate this movie. I have big problems with this movie. I think there is a great movie in there. I think that the, the, the major problem I had with it is that I don't, I'm not convinced that Mike Newell really understands the tone of this movie because the score is truly <laughs> insane at times where like it's doing crazy heavy lifting in sure. all the wrong emotions where you're just like, wait a second, do you understand what the, like, so I want to, I, I, and this is maybe unfair. I'm going to jump 
to the very end for a second here because it crystallizes for me everything that's great okay. and bad about this movie. Which is, uh, I just want to talk about the scene with Kate Blanchett at the end, which is that her and her estranged husband yeah. are sort of separated. And he uses his air traffic yes. controller, what have you, to have the pilot call her into the cockpit so he can have a conversation with her and explain to her how much he loves her. Yeah. The idea there, I love that idea. I actually think that's uh-huh. a really great thing. The execution of it is totally fucking awful, which is that like this earnest music comes in and like they the joke is lost. Like it should be a jokey, funny moment. And instead it's so right. earnest and odd that you're like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this right now. Or, or he should have been better. Or because yeah, like yeah, there yeah, is yeah, also yes, the, yes. the, you know, like my, I, what the singing, like, well, I'm just like, the, 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 mo- the emotion behind it. One of my favorite scenes in movies is when Jerry O'Connell sings to Nev Campbell in Scream, in Scream 2. 2. Because he, he puts him like, you are so programmed in the beginning of the movie to hate that character. Right. And to look at him sideways because he might be the killer. And after that moment, you are desperate that he is not the killer. Right. You are because he is so winning in that moment. Jerry O'Connell can't fucking sing either, but he gives his entire self over to us. John Cusack doesn't give himself over in this moment because he's he doesn't he doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe the moment. Well, it's it's a shit. It's a tough situation. Yeah, and, but, and again, there's I do believe that there's a large yeah. degree of like magical realism going on in this movie. And and, and granted, like it's a bizarre sure. tone. I mean, I will totally grant. You know, John Cusack's character throughout this is like repulsive. You know, he's really kind of not a very good dude at all. It's it's a movie. Yeah. I, I yeah. gotta say again, it's sort of like a subversive pleasure for me because. I recognize these things. I understand it's not, you know, I mean, this I, is. I, no, no, no. I don't think you do. I think you're, I think you're, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the thing is, it's the little pleasures of this movie. It's like John Cusack, this is his high point. Like, this is, you know, I mean, he had a fucking magical 1999. Like, this. Cradle Will Rock and being John Malkovich all in one year. Like, that's insane. Insane. On the heels yeah. of high fidelity yeah. and gross point blank. So, like, he is kind of in yeah. the sweet spot of, and this movie, again, I sort of enjoy him in the way that we just did an episode on James Spader. In the same way that I sort of love hate John Cusack, I love hate James Spader characters, you know? James like, Spader, he sure. allows you to, sure. to, to be sh- like, he allows himself to be shitty and not really. But don't you think that like that unlikability, Kenny and I talked a little bit about this today. Um, for the first time, Kenny and I got brunch in you know, 16 so or 15 months. Um, yeah, and, yeah, we had our first hug nice. in a long time. It, it was, was great. Nice. Um, and we were talking a little bit about, and I brought up the idea that John Cusack, often his characters have jealousy yeah. at the center of them. And he can make that palatable under the right circumstances, right? Like, I think about High Fidelity being a very good example of that. He's a fucking prick in that movie, and yet somehow you find yeah. your ways to kind of love him. This movie, he no. doesn't do that, though. Like, this movie, unfortunately, it tips in a bunch of ways. I think about that scene with him and Angelina Jolie in her car where he's yelling at her. Oh, it's fucking, yeah, it's unbelievable. To infidelity to her husband, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. you're a terrible human. I don't give a shit about <laughs> totally. anything you do now. 
I, 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 I want to take my wax at this movie. Uh, batter up. So uh, I think my I think my um, yeah. So all right. So Ryan, your point that there's a fair amount of magical realism running through this movie, I agree with. My complaint is that uh, it's not there. Mm-hmm. There is not nearly enough of that, and the script I think allows for an execution. That would have been that would have leaned into that, and there are a bunch of different ways it could have happened. But I think that Mike Newell botched it, and I think that the sexual politics of 1999 made for an environment where cheating on your spouse is not a is is not the kind of sin that destroys a character. Like it is the kind of sin that destroyed a character from the dawn of yeah the, the dawn of time. Until 1997, and then again yes. in like 2005. So, like for this one weird period where every every like right-minded liberal decided it's okay to cheat because mm-hmm. our president cheated, it's cool. Then all these movies decided that, that wasn't the end of this character. Okay, so as I, I said this to Phil, and I think it's my best point about this film. <laughs> uh, this script, you take this exact same script, yep. and it would have been a killer movie in 1979. They would have made a paranoid thriller and it would have been incredible. Right. And it's there. Like, it's there. His character is one step away from losing his mind and thinking that the he, he literally thinks Billy Bob Thornton is trying to bring down his play or put him into a, a storm or whatever. Like, we, it could have been a conspiracy yeah. theorist type movie like that uh, with almost the same exact script. Jason in Robarts is in it, you know. Sure, sure. Bruce sure. Stern. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yes, it's a paranoid. Parallax yeah. View. It's yeah. Pat- it oh, this is totally a Sydney Pollack yes. movie. And then uh, it's it could have been. <laughs> it could. And have been. then, <laughs> and then in '89, this would have been a James O. Maybe. Brooks movie. Maybe. Yeah. And they would have actually known how to play out this sexual dynamic between the, these four people in a way that we would have understood, and it would have been less about what I consider to be, as I said to Phil, an absurd premise yes. for a rivalry, because. There are no midair collisions. It's not a thing that happens. So all these guys, everybody who works at the air traffic control office are the best. They are all zone, 100% the best guys. There's no such thing as better. They're all yeah, the zone. zone. They're all the zone. There's yeah. no one. You can't walk in there and say, I'm the best air traffic controller. No, nobody in here has crashed the plane. You're all the, you're all the best. So there's no, like, all Billy Bob Thornton has is he dresses better. That's it. So you, they would have dropped that absurd element sure. and they would have made it more personal and it would have been able to actually play these these, are, yeah. these things. Then in 2009, I think there could have been a movie here. And I think you could have had a one-act post-9/11, fuck, yeah, yeah. A post-9-11, uh, more or less one set indie film that takes place. It could have been a play about air yeah. traffic controllers, about sexual rivalries within there, about having, you know, I... I the, the, something that bothers me about this movie is it does something that I think is very unrealistic. It takes a profession where no one ever fucks up. And I even went through it with Phil today. Like, when was the last mid-air collision in America? It was 27 years ago. Um, <laughs> so no one ever It's, it's been a while. <laughs> doesn't happen. No one ever fucks up. Right? <laughs> okay. Magical realism, and it, it, Kenny. And it pre... And it pre... <laughs> which, is, which is fine. And it presupposes... That there's a possibility that these people might fuck up. 
right? So uh, if you want to, if, if, if you want to set that as your premise, you, you can go sure. through the magical realism thing, yeah. or you could have them continue to kick ass <clears throat> while all the shit is happening around them and show how they have to somehow be unflappable here. While this guy's cheating on your, you know, cheating, you're sleeping with your wife and that guy's sure. going after your job or whatever it is. But I think it got lost. I think this movie is lost. I think it is all the things I mentioned yeah. halfway. Uh, and it and and my takeaway is uh, it's how much do you hold a film back? How much do you downgrade a film for being fine, but not being what it could be? I, I want to I, I, I want to. Agree and disagree for a second here, um, and and I want to kind oh, of good. I, all right. No, no, I I know I don't. I'm serious <laughs> though. Like I think that I agree with a lot of things you're saying, and there's something I don't dis, that I don't agree with. I saw the film in '99 in the theater. I remember I was actually texting with my buddy today. We went to see it together, and I remember um, sitting in the theater. You know, again, I'm 19 years old. I'm right. I just started film school, and I'm excited by this cast, and I'm excited by the notion of this movie. And I remember it was kind of weird. You know, it, it, it got released in a weird time and it didn't obviously get a lot of love and it kind of just, you know, it just, it was what it was. And I remember I left the theater with my buddy, Simon Ennis, past and future guest, and he fucking hated it. Like he was angry. He was just like, I, I'm bummed that I fucking gave two hours of my life to this movie. And I left it feeling like, you know, Angelina Jolie and Kate Blanchett were both sort of, you know, at the beginning of their of their crest mm-hmm. of fame, obviously. And I I, I was fascinated by them. Um, Billy Bob, I liked Sling Blade, like and John Cusack, obviously. So, like I was excited by this cast. Um, and I left the film feeling disappointed, could have been better. Watched it the other day. I, first of all, I also just want to say, and Kenny can attest to this, I've been excited to talk about this movie for a while. It's a movie that I've kind of kept in the back burner because I think it's weird. I don't think it's great, but I think it's a, a really interesting, emblematic 99 movie of four huge stars for all intents and purposes in a very strange movie directed by the guy who shouldn't have done it, written by, you know, multi-cam writers like it's it's just odd there's a lot of oddness going on here and finishing it today i kind of had similar feelings to when i left the theater in 99 which is a wasted opportunity that had a lot of interesting stuff in it that is just not right doesn't all come together but there are scenes there are ideas there's stuff in this that i'm just like this is great can you I believe wish this it all kind Mike of Newell's? Follow up to Donnie Brasco? It's fucking crazy. It's, it's, it is, yeah. It's surreal. And you can see that in the, like, do you remember, like, the, the barbecue? Where I was like, this feels like he's, this is like a cut scene from Donnie Brasco. <laughs> they cross-boarded like the, they cross-boarded the two movies, I think, and they just doubled up just on like, the set. Did he just, like, all of a sudden decide, oh, yeah, I get this scene. <laughs> yeah. It's Donnie Brasco. It's like, I know. No, it's not. But the scene where they're all the wives are kind of, like, <laughs> shitting on their husbands. Yeah. He got a little confused, I think. He got a little confused. <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, but then <laughs> no, like, I think, yeah, I think ahead, all sorry, that you're Please. saying is right. There's there's also a part of me, though, that feels like this is the end of an era in the sense where big stars could make big swings with kind and make kind of complex characters out of not a great script. I think that you're absolutely right about the structure of this film yep. and the problems of, of sort of just the general narrative and tone of the movie. But it's weird, mm-hmm. you know, I love a late nineties movie where um, I mean, Billy Bob and, and Angelina in this film, I mean, this is where they met. 
this is where they 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 got in their, in, in Toronto, Toronto. That's where they found um, love, and they're both. <laughs> Yeah, they found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> in a true. hopeless place. <laughs> but I, I love both of these actors. I've always loved these actors. I mean, I've, they no, really are incredible. The and yep. there is a weird energy that is like runs all oh, throughout yeah. this movie. And I think you know, it sort of, um, it sort of dovetails nicely with the. Um, the energy of the, the movie, of I think. Film. Like, well, it's like I think about the scene of him singing at that Italian restaurant, and she's on the on her knees, yeah. just clutching his legs. And then there's another scene where he's singing, and she's grinding against him. And I'm just like, what movie are these two? I don't people know, in? but they're but it's fascinating <laughs> that they're they're having such an effect on John Cusack and his life. <sighs> and I, yes, sure. All right, so. So let's let's get into that a little bit because, I mean, for a guy who loves you Top Gun what? so much, you want to know what I that- have to say. This movie has oh, Top Gun wow. vibes all throughout. One of my kind one of my of great does. one of my like truly one of my great great regrets of my life is playing Top Gun because I don't even like that much, and it would have been so much cooler if I played American Gigolo. And it also would have given Ryan Ryan a, a a correct point on his you know commissioner game, yeah. but it's so upsetting to me. But okay, okay, I think this movie, yes, is best viewed through the metal lens you just described, because why are these? The only reason these two people would have such an effect on John Cusack is because uh, for the same reason they had such an effect on America. Mm-hmm. Because what the fuck? Because yeah. they're they're a giant <laughs> yeah. what the fuck. Now I also think like I I I loved them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know Angelina Angelina Jolie is probably my like favorite actress, um, and probably wow. the and probably like the, the I think she's like I think she's yeah. the best actress. <laughs> like I think she's the best at, at being an actress, and I think she's probably my favorite actress. And I also that also kind of put her into this mind space where you, she goes for a very specific, very specific kind of guy. You know, <laughs> she got like like Billy Bob is it? Billy Bob is an A plus. Don't right. get me wrong, but Billy Bob's not Brad Pitt, and her almost her dating Brad Pitt was almost like right. a letdown to me. Like remember been, what he said when when he was on he was on a radio show. Someone asked him about her dating Brad Pitt, and he's like, "Yeah, she's going through her uh, she's going through her quarterback <laughs> oh, phase, or like her high school quarterback phase." Like it felt like he was basically just being like, "Yeah, she's just she's decided to shack up with the popular guy," which I mean, but you I know, guess he was sort of right. I don't know. But well, he's a he's a babe. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, I, but I'm Billy Bob, you know, is a very fascinating yeah, but, dude. I mean, I really think that he's he is. I feel like this character that he plays in this, I think that he took this role solely because he saw very clearly himself in this in this role. There's this weird, like you know, sure. he's like the he's like a great singer and he's a great fisherman and he's a great air traffic controller. But he's also like totally, a weird like totally guru, weird guru of like self help. Like 
but he's also a fucking asshole. Like he's sort of a dick. Like I have you ever seen that great interview where you know he he, he I guess he told the producer not to talk to him about his acting life. He's only there for his band, and he like literally puts this interviewer through ten <laughs> minutes of like nightmarish hell. You know, and it's such a dickish interview. Like I've never seen anything so difficult and cringeworthy as that interview. And I think this movie, he's that guy. And he's sort of like, that's what gets under John Cusack's skin. And then that all turns against him in a weird, like sexual nightmare where he, you know, he has sex with Angelina Jolie. Like it's, it's insane. Like what this dude is going through, but it's odd. It's, (laughs) it's, it's so, so bizarre strange. and like bonus points for being really bizarre, mm-hmm. but like negative points for not doing anything interesting with it. Penny, so, it ends with like, a bomb it's, threat. Yeah. Like it's how much more interesting could could it be? Don't even I mean we're we'll get to okay. we'll get to the bomb threat. But I, like, I want to talk about your boy Billy Bob. He's amazing. Uh with Angelina or just bo- Billy Bob in general? I want to talk about Billy Bob in general and and Angelina, you know, undoubtedly will come up. But the thing about Billy Bob. Didn't they Bob's, wear vials of each other's blood and not like weird, had, not, not and they weird. had Velcro I, harnesses I, yeah. so they could have sex you know, on the He's their as tall as anyway, I, I have met him a couple of times. He came into the video store I worked at. And uh, he's literally a salt. I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm five two. I'm I'm a really short dude. He's you know a little guy, and he has a presence like he's like kind of fucking tough and a big guy. I don't know. There is you know it's a very interesting kind of sense. juxtaposition with with yeah. with him. I, I I think you're hitting at something that I'm like kind of trying to dance around right now, which is the the male virility of Billy Bob Thorpe. <laughs> he. Is you know I think he is he is a a a day player essentially before Sling Blade like he works and he's been in stuff but he's essentially you know he's 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 an he's an actor's actor on his own and I know he made a short before some folks called a Sling Blade which I rented by accident once so I saw that before I saw the actual movie Sling Blade yeah it's the first act of the movie in black and white um, with Molly Ringwald but uh, but he plays you know he plays a you everyone knows who he plays in uh in in sling blade so that's that answer and the next big role he has is um is simple plan right. where he plays a very similar right. character right good movie i it's an amazing movie amazing minnesota set movie one of the best minnesota set movies of all time according to a podcast <laughs> I to. um and he uh i'm wondering if yeah. billy bob thornton and then he plays Armageddon, where he's certainly playing an alpha, and he's very fucking cool in that movie. He's really it's good best, in that movie. The best part of that movie. I'm wondering if Billy Bob Thornton is having a hard time playing these uh, beta males with mm-hmm. uh, mental deficiencies and um, hard pivot to uh, Pushing I want to how cool I can be. Yep. And, and I think Russell that happened. Ball. Yeah. Russell Bell. Bell, sorry, Bell. Yeah, so Bell. But I think that's kind of what happened here, that he took the first James Dean role he could find. Uh, And I think he, you know, I think he did a fine job with what I think is an absurd character. Just an absurd role that makes no sense. Again, there is no, like, there, there is no big swinging dick amongst air traffic controllers. There, it's binary. 
There are people who crash the planes and people who don't crash the planes. And if you don't, so what John Cusack seems to be obsessed with is the fact that he like has his young mm-hmm. hot wife. I think. And, well, a feather. It's got a feather. He actually is. He actually is Chuck Taw. Uh, yeah. I, I did. I did look that up because uh, I was going to make a big fucking point about it. A big fucking twenty twenty one smacked out on his ass. But again, no, 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 that was playing that was, towards was my legit. theory that he wanted to play himself for the first time. This, I, I think that I think you're both absolutely right. I think that the virility thing is true. I think the masculinity and the the alpha male, all that kind of stuff, is interesting and and valid. I would also, it also feels like Billy Bob's legitimately bringing his own stuff to the table. Like I, mean, I, I can't speak to what is his and what's in script, but like it really feels like Billy Bob. Well, look at what this crazy motherfucker does in 2001. Yeah, he played. I mean, he's in the man who wasn't there. Good film. Great movie. He also was in Monster's Ball, which is like the most toxic example of male virility, yeah. right? Which is the most like, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna show you how fucking male I am. I'm going to mm-hmm. rape somebody. What What do you think of that? No one will ever call me Sling Blade again after that. So oh my I, God. I do think, well, I do think he lost his way a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I would agree. And then he I also think he feels may, like he, he stopped being interesting him. No, I think then he found it. Then, then he, I think he found who he was again in Bad Santa, and then went from there and had his nice. Bad Santa's great. Yeah, yeah, I think that's who he really yeah. is. I want to just take a quick second here, um, just to, I want to kind of talk about like, I'm not entirely clear how mm-hmm. this film gets made. Like, I know that that the Charles brothers are obviously a very big deal in television and they wrote this script years earlier or something like that. And it was like, quote unquote, the only feature idea they had ever had or something along those lines. Um, and, and this movie does feel has TV kind of qualities to it. You know, like I was watching it today thinking like this movie kind of has like a weird Northern exposure totally. kind of vibe to it of that sort of like small townish kind of, you know, group of interesting, colorful supporting characters. Like when I think about that, the, the actual air traffic control center, Kenny and I talked about this a little bit at lunch today, but like that there's yeah. a multicam show about that, right? Like where like, it was that's called wings. The set it was called <laughs> and like, there you go. There you go. Or yeah, exactly. So yeah. like it does have, even, even those morons no. didn't crash. Uh, they were perfect. They didn't crash perfect pilots. Yeah. They were yeah. There was never a crash, um, but I but I think it's interesting. We've talked uh, Kenny about almost all of these movies, but this is a Fox two thousand release, which is a an imprint uh, on the Fox when Fox twenty century Fox existed. The ninety nine movies that came out under Fox twenty one or Fox two thousand that is are Ravenous, Never Been Kissed, Pushing Tin, Lake Placid, Broke Down Palace, Fight Club, <laughs> Light It Up, Anywhere But Here, and N in the King. Yikes. <laughs> So it is a real murderer's row. Brutal. Movies <laughs> where you're just like, who's running this? Like, I, I, what I was is the literally game? just going to look up who's <laughs> running it so we, we could dunk on that fool. Here. <laughs> Because it's like, what's the connection between yeah. it? Like, what's the thread? And it, it, clearly there isn't. Um, some of these movies, by the way, are legitimately great. I yeah. think Ravenous is great. I really like Never Been Kissed. Kenny's, you know, we both really loved Lake Placid. That movie's kind of insane. Yeah, that's a good flick. Good flick. We haven't talked about Fight Club yet. You know, it's obviously it's obviously an important movie. We we've seen Fight Club. We've seen it, and it's a good movie. Um, But this movie (laughs) is such an an outlier in so many ways, but also just like 
I just, I gotta think that this is just like pieces came together. It feels like it was shot relatively quickly. I'm imagining like cast got this thing, uh, you know, up on its feet. I really don't know. Cause if I read this script, I would just be like, I don't know yeah. what this is. And if you don't very specifically direct sure. this thing, it's going to be. I sad. feel like it's very clearly um, I, yeah. for me, I think it's, John Cusack at this time, like I said, I think had a lot of agency. And I have a feeling that he likes oh, these sure. types of movies. They're always a little off kilter. I think he's very interested in taking big swings yes, sure. as opposed to even if they fail. Sure. You know, I don't think he's like maybe the most judicious script reader, you know. But I think he likes good character, yeah. meaty things that he can kind of act quirky and weird and yeah. do his like trench coat thing you know like he's gloriously 90 yeah, he does no one wears a trench coat yeah like, totally loves a trench coat yeah, yeah. I, I, it's interesting you brought up gross point blank which i thought about which first of all I, I watched relatively recently and was just completely blown away by it all over again like that movie's so prickly yeah. and 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 strange and like it's really kind of pushing buttons and and um, I could see, to your point, Ryan, him reading mm-hmm. this through that lens and being yeah. like, oh, okay, like this movie's weird and I'm playing this kind of like unlikable guy, but like I'm interested. I just, and, and Kenny, you said this at lunch today and I think it's tr- like, it's just, sure. it's the Mike Newell yeah. component that's just the wrong guy. He whiffed. He whiffed. I, 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 again, I don't think this is like a necessarily flawed yeah. script. I don't think this is this is a, a failure yeah. on the on the page. I just don't. I think that. Yeah. I, I think it just takes a right. little bit of vision mm-hmm. to see what you have here, and you potentially like. I I don't know. I don't know how you don't connect the the idea that air traffic controllers get burnt out so easily they can only be air traffic controllers for a period of time and then yeah. they're moved on. Yeah. Uh, you know, how, how having all the, you know, the, the thing about having Deals. more people, having more, having more lives in your hand in a, in a shift than searches yeah. having their whole lives, how that shit gets to you, how, you know, yeah. all that shit can't get to you. It, it's, it's perfect for a paranoid thriller. Yeah. And I think that there's an, a way to go with this that was undercut by the ending and certainly undercut by all the moments of, of groundedness where John Cusack is just losing his mind. And it's, it's just that simple. Like he's just losing his mind and losing his family. A movie we did this year that does that kind of, except it's, you know, a problem was Mm -hmm. uh, Arlington road where Arlington Mm -hmm. road, you know, Goes in that direction, but of course he's right because all conspiracy conspiracy theorists and movies are right and have you know given rise to a fucking whole generation of right. people who think conspiracy theories are right. But what's more interesting, and again, we don't think this is a great movie, but the the beautiful mind route where um the guy is wrong and he actually is, you know, <laughs> like yeah. the conspiracy the conspiracy is yeah. not a thing, is like yeah. so much yeah. more interesting to me. Yeah. You know? There's definitely you're absolutely right, Kenny, that there there is a um a thriller version of this. And and again, I mean I, this also just feels like I think it's on the page, dude. Like I do, I, I do too. Yeah. I, I mean it does I mean, end bo- with a bomb the Vicky, threat. Yeah. The Vicky Lewis bodybuilding yes. runner yes. is so yes. fucking weird that like you you that 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 has yeah. to be in, in 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 a in a in a left of center movie. That that doesn't that couldn't possibly exist. In a real, here's the thing though. Like, I think that there are two. I take all of these points, I definitely do. I just think (laughs) that you know, 
it's fascinating to me being <laughs> a huge Cheers Frasier fan that, you know, this is their big script. They're n- it doesn't really work, but yet it attracts such talent that in a way I think it transcends and ends up for me working. And I do think part of it is that like Angelina is killing it. Kate Blanchett are, they're both killing it. I totally understand. They are abused women in this movie. Like it's really kind of, you know, bizarre and sad. Um, and very, very, again, yeah. classic late nineties. There's that's just runs rampant through the studio films, especially. Um, but they are really acting the hell out of the, this, this movie and, and, and these characters. And I think that that's kind of, um, I don't know. That's, partly just again like kind of a guilty pleasure of mine i i totally see that it's a problematic kind of element of this film but being such a big kate blanchett fan and i remember that this was like the first thing i saw of her like i don't i can't think of the movie that was before this i'm pretty sure this was the first elizabeth she she was nominated the year before elizabeth that's the and thing. I don't know if, don't know if it, I but, cared uh, enough to watch that. Like I know my brain in 1999 and Elizabeth sure. was not there. Pushington, however, being such a Cusack fan and, yes, you know, course. ultimately also. I like that Kenny said, yes, <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course Pushington I, was there, but not but the Academy But she kills it though. Movie. Like it's kind of a no, fascinating who, performance. Who wants to see Elizabeth? I mean, straight up, who wants to watch Elizabeth? I saw Elizabeth in the theater. Especially that year when you're already like chewing through all these other like homework. But it's a great movie. I did eventually see it and it is like an amazing film. I mean, they both are. They're they're great, great films. And we will be doing our top five Cate Blanchett uh, films at the end of this as well. Uh, yeah. Crystal Skull, Crystal Skull, uh, <laughs> Crystal Skull times five. The Crystal Skull, Crystal Skull. I don't even know what you're talking. What is Crystal Skull? I don't know what that movie is. Honestly, yeah, yeah. no one's seen. I've no never heard of Indiana that. Jones and the Crystal Skull. I want to no. just. I, I, I want to <laughs> no, just. just um, no one knew that Kate Blanchett was in it. I think that I, I I agree with everything you're you're saying, Ryan, in the sense that. Um, I was fascinated by both of them, uh, Angelina Jolie and Kate Blanchett. Um, they were probably big driving forces to getting me to the theater. Um, I, I think that they are bringing their energies and their complexities and stuff to roles that I think are thinly drawn, unfortunately. But I think that mm-hmm. they're bringing stuff to totally. it that makes it interesting. Um, but I, but I would also say too that you know to to come back to what you guys were saying about the script, I, I think that the script does feel very unfocused. There's a bunch of like, wouldn't it be fun to do this? And what like it does feel like guys that have been <laughs> writing television for a million years had a bunch of ideas and they were like, this is how you make a movie, right? And unfortunately, it doesn't yeah. all kind of congeal. And then when it's put in the hands of someone that can't handle those tonal shifts, right. where it's like, and then there's a bomb threat. But, and then there's like, yeah. you know, it, it's just, there's there's so much going on that it never, but but I want to also just say, because I'm, I'm kind of on your wavelength here, Ryan, on the, I love a messy movie. I love a movie that tries to do like a bunch of shit and might not all work, but yes. I just respect the attempts. And this movie does that in a lot of ways that I do find fascinating. And I imagine if I watched it at midnight, I probably would have been <laughs> a lot more on board with it. But Kenny, you have something to say? Her, yeah, I got oh, so much to say always. Uh, her career is so interesting to me in that like... Kate Blanchett. That's correct. Yeah. She gets the Oscar nomination for, you know, it was obviously like a tour to 
Force performance. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a big, loud, Oscar-nominated movie playing a you know massive historical figure, one of the few historical figures available to female mm-hmm. actors. Um, and, and, and led to, like, a, a pretty, like, down-to-the-wire Oscar campaign, if I remember correctly, between her and, and Gwyneth Paltrow. And, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people thought she had a really good shot of winning, having so. basically come out of nowhere. But I guess. But, you know... Uh, I think it's interesting that she then goes in 99. So she's an Australian actor. She basically hadn't been in an American film before that. Australian TV actor. Uh, In 99, she's in two movies. We already did one of them, Talented Mr. Ripley. Fucking love. This film. She took the fourth lead in two films, right? Mm -hmm. In two American films with three. Now, Angelina Jolie was not a big actor at this time, but big actors Mm -hmm. in these films. Uh, And playing Americans in both films. Yep. which I think is really interesting. Um, and I think it's really interesting that she's playing in this particular film, a uh, low class mm-hmm. or lower class um, housewife yep. living in the world's ugliest development. I don't know if you've it's noticed horrible. it was like yeah. a hideous home and it, it just <laughs> was just a horrible place for a person to grow up and for a person to live. Joyless life. So she already, had, she already has my sympathies. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, what was the movie we just did that? There were, oh, it was like in She, in she Devil. It's like living in She Devil. Correct. E- even She Devil she has had, a little even bit. She Devil had more charm. Can I? And maybe this is completely off base, but she's got a little bit of Carmela Soprano in her. There's a there's there's yeah. a little bit of something there that yeah. I sense. It's not off base. I think that I think I think the scene Ryan alluded to earlier of, of uh, all the women yeah. shitting on their husbands yeah. is straight out of. The Sopranos are straight out of, you know, a Donnie Brasco or whatever it is. Yep. But I think it's interesting that she decided to go basically start from the bottom, you know, mm-hmm. in American studio mm-hmm. films. And then she gets, you know, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. And then she really, you know, takes mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 you know, and then she's in literally every fucking yeah. movie from here on out. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's wild how many films she was in. But I think yeah. that's interesting. That's, I, you know, I, that. I think it's also, I agree with what you're saying, Kenny. And I think also, you know, I remember we talked about this on the Talented Mr. Ripley episode, but, you know, that's a movie that is being shot before, you know, Shakespeare in Love and Elizabeth and all these things are happening, right? So, like, you've got Anthony Miguel's follow-up to The English Patient starring, you know, Matt Damon and Gwyneth Paltrow and, and Kate Blanchett. It's understandable, I think, to want to be on that train. Oh, I mean, she, that's was on, train. she was in An Ideal Husband, Great. too. I totally forgot that. Right, yeah. Yeah, we, we talked yeah. about that, too. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just, she is a, a fascinating actor. Um, and, it, again, as I watched this film, I was just like, I really honestly think that she could do anything. Like, you could basically put yeah. her in any movie and she's going to succeed. She's in bad movies from time to time, but she's never bad as far as I'm concerned, even when even when perhaps the material isn't up to, up to par. Um, I want to kind of walk through the plot of this a little bit. We've hit a bunch of this stuff, but there's some stuff I want to kind of hit on. Um, we're immediately kind of thrown into this, uh, into a, a, a air traffic controller scenario. Um, I really love the camaraderie, the workplace environment. I think it's really fascinating. It's one of my favorite things about this movie. Um, it's why this movie is not um, a complete wash for me, is the is mm-hmm. the universe that it takes place in, which I've never seen before, and I mm-hmm. certainly haven't seen since. No one has returned no. to this sandbox. Um I like the shots. Um, I like all the stuff that they do within the actual computer screens themselves when you're either right. looking through it or inside his head and seeing all the, like, again, yeah. 
weird, like yeah. tonally strange, like feels like something out of a Tony <laughs> Scott movie, but you're also just like, cool, but I'm just Tony like, Scott it, would have made cool. a great director of uh, Pushing Tin. <laughs> Tony would've Scott's version of Pushing Tin would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> With this cast. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it would have been amazing. It would have been competent. Uh, it would have been. I, who who is the best guy? Who's or or that's lady? a really good question. Who's the best person on the crew? Like of uh, in this crew? No, 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 no. Who's the best potential director? Who should have directed you, this movie? Yes, and it doesn't have to be someone who was you know right. alive and kicking in ninety nine. But who, who's who's the first? That's a really good question. I you know I was thinking about that actually earlier today because like. Here's what's so funny, because you you said this, Kenny, about like the 79 version, the 89 version, the 2009 version, which is just to say, it says something about this script that it feels like it could have been directed by like a bunch of different people in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. And it might have been interesting, yeah. which says something. I don't know what it says, though. I don't know if that means it's a good script or if it means that it's just like a well, real I, you know, I have key. to say, I do think that. Who I said earlier, I said it off the top of my head, but I mean, like the Sidney Pollock, Alan Pakula, like they sure. could handle different weird mm-hmm. tones. I mean, even a Sidney Lumet, like kind of mm-hmm. this was his sort of bread and butter mm-hmm. for the 80s and 90s, sort of, you know, semi-comedy sort of, but like there's kind of pretty dramatic overtones. Like I can think that could have carried the weight that Kenny was talking about earlier, yeah. you know, in terms of actually getting into the psyches of these characters. I think it would take a kind of much better or a new Norman Jewison, you know, sort of that. I don't know. They, these were adult movies. Like it feels like they're trying to go for an adult tone here. Yeah. You know, there's a PTSD vibe for to sure. this. I, and, I, uh, um, it, it, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I th- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I think a lot of the people you named, Pakula, Pollock, Jewison, would have made better movies. Mm-hmm. I think Blue Bet would have yeah. been a great movie. You know, like that's like that. I, that's because I'm already thinking about his version, and it would have first of all looked better. I don't care if this is where it's, where the air traffic controller yeah. place actually is. That's not where I would have placed <laughs> yeah. it. You know, I would have placed it somewhere that actually is yeah. that actually is interesting sure. and has some texture. It has some has some right. feel. Give it me has some life to it. And I, you know. and the first, yeah, it, that's the first decision he would have made that would have right. like started to interest me. 
And then he would, and then he, you know, he wouldn't have had them live in like the the the, the miserable New Jersey or Long Island crapland they lived. They would have lived like yeah. somewhere that has character. And all these little things, just just starting, like starting from and the the the. I mean, like it's hard to believe that Mike Newell directed Donnie Brasco because, like, that yeah. restaurant. Like, I've been watching a lot of Taxi, and that is like the that's like the shitty fucking restaurant they go to in Taxi. Yep. Like it's yeah. like they use the same set. Everything just would have had everything just would have had more character imbued to imbued into it from the beginning. And John Cusack, I don't think would have been cast. You would have had cast someone more along the lines of like a John Hirsch, Hirsch would have been, been great. fucking awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. some, you know, someone with some fucking pathos. And Can, then I would have started to get the movie. But there are two filmmakers that came to mind that are more in the vein of this the best version of this film, as opposed to what I totally agree with you is mm-hmm. the best version of the seventies version of this. Um, Curtis Hansen, I think mm-hmm. could have made an interesting version of this. Um, I think that he, he's navigated. Like, I think that wonder boys is one of my favorite films, but yeah. navigates weird terrain. Yeah. He would have made a better movie. drama. Yeah. He would have made. A and I, and I, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, Kenny, but I'm curious as to what Alexander Negative. might've done with this. Negatively. Negative. Negatively. Negatively. <laughs> uh, Alexander Payne feels like someone who might have done something yeah. interesting with this material as well. Um, it would have made the worst movie, Phil. You know? <laughs> I, I assume that Kenny wouldn't be a fan of it, but I do think that it would just be, I think that he understands like sad sack guys that are sort of lost. And, and by the way, like I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> suggesting that um, I just, that he's necessarily the right guy, but like he's more right, right than right. Mike Newell is. Yeah. No, Mike Newell is definitely not right. I think, we can no, all agree no, on he, that. Mike Newell proved to be not right. Mike yes. Newell proved he proved he proved that he was uh, not he not equal to this material and not yes. equal to making this kind of you know yes. modern studio movie set in America. Um, that's just clearly not something he's capable of doing. I wouldn't have necessarily thought that going into it. So I don't think mm-hmm. it was like a bad decision. Uh, Alexander Payne would have made a movie that was nominated for seven or eight Oscars. And two people would have won, and he would have won, and the Charles's would have won best screenplay for the exact same fucking screenplay. And I would have twenty years later said it's one of the five worst fucking films ever made. But that's that's what would I get Um, because you're 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 right that this does fall into the Alexander Payne. But they would have he they're the I don't know if you know this Ryan I don't know if you've listened to uh, our Alexander Payne and Alexander Payne adjacent episodes, but uh, my. Probably okay. I gathered I gathered Kenny <laughs> and uh, from the ten minutes prior. And even though I think even though he I loves think, uh, even though I think election sure. is like one of the greatest movies ever made, but um I think like m- everything else he's done is uh reprehensible. And <laughs> this would have fallen into the reprehensible camp. Brutal. Because <laughs> because of all because this is this is see, I don't understand yeah. sideways. I don't I fundamentally yeah. don't understand the movie. And uh, this this yeah. would have been all the sideways. This stuff. has a Descendants um, vibe. This would have been, you know, two. Yeah, this, yeah. this has a this sideways is, vibe. Like it does would have, have been, that. You know, he would have made them into two yep. horn dogs who would do, who would have treated the women yeah. even worse until they did something unbelievably terrible to the men. Correct. One of them right. would have right. cut off a dick or something, and then. And it's and, and then and then they would have run down the street holding the dick, and then everyone would have been like, "Alexander Payne, what a genius!" Okay. All right, so um, I just I, described. I, wanna... I just described sideways. 
That's what happens in Sideways. He's not holding a dick. He's his own dick is out, and people are like, "Oh." Um, so, terrible movie. So Billy Bob Thornton movie. shows up at at the, at the you air. Think it's ter- you, you, you think so it's a terrible much. movie, Ryan? Yeah. Holy fucking shit! Can we go on a date? <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate you. That really movie. not like oh, that it's movie. Terrible. I worked in a movie theater when I, when it played. I, I worked I mean, at the Lemley Monica, and it was the worst crowd of of movie theater like history i i couldn't they were bringing wine and drinking out of the bottle it was fucking disgusting well but it did but it also sense. mimicked he, sort of the tone of this weird bad movie like it's an odd oh, film sure, sure, sure. this i i've never heard I've, I've, honestly i've never heard a interesting coherent uh compelling argument for why this is good outside of like uh Giamatti, exactly. Paul Giamatti's speech about Giamatti's speech about the uh, grape is affecting, and I'm just like, <laughs> no, this is not good writing. This is it's not, a very is, it's yes. a very bougie movie. Like, well, I don't it, think you like it that much, Phil. Yeah. Right? You don't even like. That I, much. I don't. I don't love it. I watched yeah. it relatively recently. I think I watched it around the time that we did election because I was trying to kind yeah. of rewatch some of Alexander Payne's. And listen, I'm not. A, I'm not an Alexander Payne fan. I don't hate him as much as Kenny does, and I, I just. I don't find his films to be sort of sure. kind of neither here nor there for me. And, and you know. I think Sideways is worse than Tootsie. Oh, That's how bad what? I think it is. Is it worse than The Departed? I love oh, Tootsie. You like, you like Tootsie. How can you not like Tootsie? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now you guys are going to go on a date. We'll talk about that another time. Is it worse okay. than The Departed? That's a great question. So the three, those are the probably the three films that are held up as classics that I just think are dog shit and i think that honestly honestly if i'm being like completely honest you're no. not gonna believe me phil you think so is worse than departed i think the Departed is the best of the three and i and i would actually surprise me to say it but like i don't <laughs> wow. think the departed i don't think the departed is wow i i i think i i think the departed my bit ryan is how much i hate the departed so Take it's my I, I guess you hate it not too, at it all like. or you don't <laughs> you love it Oh, you love it. Okay, okay, okay. So the de- not at all. So the Departed, I think, is is oh the least God. offensive of the three, and I don't mean from like a woke 2020 point of view. I think sure. from a storytelling point of view, and also from treatment of female character point of view. But uh, and and the message of the movie, the Departed is just a stupid ass fucking popcorn flick that somehow won Best Picture. The Depa- Sideways is absurd and infuriating yeah. disgusting and tootsie and tootsie's the most true. misogynistic movie ever made. true but, but grandly entertaining <laughs> so, to, to pivot back to um also to grandly back to entertaining. Chin, uh briefly so I, I, a bunch of shit happens as we've talked about billy bob showing up blah 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 um we meet angelina jolie at a, at a barbecue um Kenny mentioned how much he hates her wig in this movie at lunch today. I, I think do, she looks. I, I think she looks great. Agreed. She can, she always looks great. Like I, I love her southern accent. I so love charming. her southern accent. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. she brings again. We've talked about this a little bit, but she brings this energy to it. There's a. There's a. I mean, I guess she always brings this, but like, there's a danger to Angelina yep. Jolie. She feels dangerous. So like when she walks into that barbecue, even when like there's a moment when she's walking towards the bar and yeah. these two kids get in the way, and she feigns this like cutesy face to the yeah, kids when she fucking loaded, you know, the kids clearly. Right. Yeah. It's it's a great I, moment. I, um, I, th- I, th- I think yeah. you just made an interesting um, observation about Angelina Jolie and danger, yeah. and I think that is. 
the one thing that's held her back uh, as a movie star because it's been very hard for her to play. I, 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 I'm going to put it differently. I think she feels a responsibility to play quote unquote strong women or quote unquote badass women. And you and, and she's so good at it. I think Salt is like fucking A plus. And uh I think she's like, you know, great and fucking wanted. And I think she's just always, always great as these badasses. But in a movie like, you know, Changeling, where she has to play vulnerable, it does kind of feel weird. It feels like it 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 feels more like a performance. And I think that's kind of the the one thing that she can't really pull off. Not even that she can't pull off. It's the one thing that like our preconceived notions of her as an actress uh, put up a bit of a barrier for, I think, the audience sure. accepting her in those roles. But. Well, and I think it's interesting. You know, she wins, as we've mentioned, she wins the Academy Award in 99 for- Very dangerous performance. She's very good in that movie, though. And she actually shows, I think, the range of, you know, there is a vulnerability to her in that movie. There is, like, she does all the, all the things. Um, she certainly checks all of the- Academy Award boxes. Um, but but she's very, very good in that film. This is a movie that I think, I mean, I don't even know when this movie was shot, but like she's she's only doing a couple days on this movie, is my guess. I mean, maybe, maybe two weeks of this shoot, if I mean at most. And, and I, what I think, two weeks it was. What a what a what a roller coaster. Um she's so I I the reason I bring this up is her and Nick connect a little bit over the over the drinks at the barbecue um and then they bump into each other at a grocery store because she's crying because a plant of hers died i don't know um they have this dinner scene and i i I don't know what to make of their chemistry it's not bad but it's also like not good like i can't do you sort of know what i'm getting at like there is something between john cusack and her or nick and mary that is interesting but it's also kind of like, but is this sexual? I'm not really sure this is sexual. Like when they do end up in bed together, I'm just like, yeah. these two had sex? I'm just not sure. I it's a real it. icky moment. I mean, I definitely agree. But again, like I still see it as this sort of like Job-like thing that he goes through and doesn't re- really recover from in the end. And it starts with this moment, this big mistake. You know, I do think that like, again, in, yeah. in more able hands, this arc is actually like a really fucking like, you know, eyes wide shut like like journey. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I just, I think yeah. that that's sort of fascinating because Angelina Jolie kind of does it. She's fantastic at that. And it's a very kind of, again, poorly written, but very vulnerable performance in a very odd way. Like why she goes so far you know, as an actor is interesting to me because, you know, and prior to this, she did Gia, which is a really fucking gnarly movie and she's incredible in it. So you knew she had the capacity to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think she's looking for a fantastic role and this isn't really it. However, Mm -hmm. her and Billy Bob are fantastic. Her and John Cusack have a very funny, I love the twist that like within a couple scenes, she's told Billy Bob, you know, that she had sex with John Cusack. Mm -hmm. And now that fucks him up even more. He's even more like kind of off his game than ever before, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, the film makes choices that are, that I did not see coming. I'm confident that there's a better (laughs) film here. I I, I feel like, I, I feel like, I feel like Newell approached this like it was any other movie, and it yes. just isn't. Like that's the, like the the, you, the, the <laughs> arc you just described. 
That's so unusual. And like the thing that like the the character move of sleeping with your rival's wife when you're the beta and he's the alpha yeah. is not something I've seen. It's yeah. not something that most characters should be capable of, but he's only barely the beta in this relationship, right? Yeah. He's only like any, you know, in, 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 in this dynamic with any other person in that room, he's the one who, you know, can steal their wife if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that was really kind of weird. I think, Anna Angelina Jolie telling Billy Bob Thornton was really kind of weird and interesting. And I think that this all could have played into this, like, Sean Cusack, am I losing my mind? Because everything that's happening is so fucking strange. You know, the strangest part of the movie is that Billy Bob Thornton is able to make those baskets with (laughs) that form. Like that is that is the biggest piece of magical yes. realism Absolutely. in the entire film. I, but I also th- I also think the, the that, best like, part was that he missed. I, I I was actually joking, but now I'm serious. That's what, like he missed. He's like, so cool, cool. and he's cool. Yeah. He's so cool and he about pays it. Him. And he pays uh, him. He's like, you either get it or you fantastic. don't. You either sink it or you don't. There, the, there's a yeah. humor in this film as well that is not. Right. The type of humor necessarily that I would have associated with the Charles Brothers in terms of Cheers or or, or Frasier, what have you. There's a so so Nick sleeps with Mary, comes home, who's nineteen. Yeah, yes. So uh, he comes home. Angela Jolie's not, but the character is right. Connie has been at a at a uh, a drawing class and shows a picture she drew of JFK, to which he she says, "I feel like I know him," and he says, "We all do." Like weird jokes in this movie, man. Like weird things where just like like there is, and I I know that I often bring them up, but like there is a Cohen Brothersy kind of vibe in this movie a little bit that that. <laughs> could have been interesting like that kind it's of buried in there but yeah yeah like that that kind of losery central character that's just everything's yeah. kind of getting away from him and he doesn't really like there there is that kind of vibe to it um can you see what this what am I, that's uh, that's Albert Einstein that's yeah. right that's a picture of my manju of Albert Einstein this oh, is wow, something nice. this is something women do <laughs> okay. Um, I, I then we have this whole like weirdness where um, where Nick becomes paranoid that Billy Bob is right. going to fuck Kate Blanchett, so he's scared that like he's going to get revenge by having sex with Kate Blanchett, and then he goes to which Kenny mentioned the 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 weightlifting muscle. Uh, performance that Vicky Lewis is doing. Which is so funny because you and I were talking about that. That's what I was telling you. You and I were, because uh, Zack Snyder had just apparently yeah. pitched an idea to Aaron to, to uh, Darren Aronofsky yes. about a female, quote unquote, female wrestler mm-hmm. uh, starring Amy Adams as a female bodybuilder, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, there's a movie there with, sure, with sure, Amy sure. Adams, yeah. but uh, as I said, with Julie Bowen. But it was so funny that like the next day we're watching this film about, of course, Vicky Lewis from fucking uh, <laughs> News, News Radio? Radio is a yeah. muscle person. Yeah, I bought right. it. Great, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Good so, for the, her. so his friend Barry is there. I loved her. I love your yeah. mute boyfriend too. <laughs> yeah, so the muscle. Boyfriend. So he's there with his buddy Barry, who is played um, by yeah. Jake Weber, who's got a real Jake right. Spader vibe in this movie. Um, and uh, he, there's Barry gives a really interesting speech about how like their jobs are about controlling chaos in the sky. Like again, like there's all these really interesting thesis statements right. kicking around this movie that just 
don't speak to each other, but they're all kind of like saying interesting things. Um, and then uh, uh, Connie's dad dies. They get on a plane to go to New York and Connie tells Nick that she slept with Russell. Are we supposed to believe that she did that though? I don't know. <laughs> Do you- Oh, I'm asking I that legitimately, Ryan. Like, I couldn't tell if I was supposed to know if, like, did Kenny? Did you think that she slept with Russell? Uh, I at the or did the she moment, just say it? I, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I, she, I kind of felt like I, I it was a mystery that kind of hung over the movie, like an intentional mystery that hangs over it. Because here's the thing: like, there is that very clear scene of flirtation between the two of them. Yeah. You know, and I think it's actually one of the best scenes yeah. in the movie where, you know, he's sort of, yes. I, I don't know, interested in what John Cusack could give two shits about. And just that kind of look of like sure. acceptance and seduction. There's a sexiness to the two of them uh, in that scene. And it's, 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 it's a kind of cool sure. little scene. I, I don't know. And, and I think that then, you know, it's sort of like with John Cusack's character. It, again, probably poorly executed, but I sort of get the feeling that the idea is that we don't really know if that actually happened, you know, that perhaps it did, perhaps it didn't, but it did. It clearly did. But uh, I, 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 love, I think you're giving the movie more credit than it deserves. We should know that. That's a fact that we should know. It's not a, it's not a thing that we should be like, huh, I don't know. If yeah, she's that's a big swing of the not. movie. I will admit well, that. If, yeah. <laughs> the the uh, withholding that piece sure. of information yes yes really does a disservice to the Kate Blanchett character. I agree because then you don't understand what's going on at the end of the movie because you're Correct. focused on her. It's so yeah. weird. It's such a mistake. But uh, it's very uh, strange. Again, these are like these are little things that you do when you rewrite a script and you're the yeah. director and you, you know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. maybe Barry shouldn't be 19 or maybe we should know definitively whether or not yeah, they slept together. Um, Valid criticisms all. Ryan, it's I, what I, it is. I, I, I definitely do not hate this movie as much as I did when we started this podcast. Okay. So that's, so, a, that's um, something. I, yeah, I, I want to sort of um, just to kind of uh, barrel through this a little bit, just because there is still some big huge moments in the huge. plot that we didn't really unpack. Uh, the, 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 so that now we're at this uh, a really interesting part of the film where they're flying back from New York, and John Cusack is convinced that Billy Bob is yeah. forcing their plane through an electrical storm to try to kill him. Which, as I mentioned to Kenny today, I think is fucking great. Like, it's a great idea. It's a great thing. But it's also just like, what? Like, it's bonkers. It's a bonkers in a, in, thing. In, anyway, in a yeah. good movie, yes. that is that is like the climax of the film. <laughs> and that's what completely destroys his life, yeah. him thinking that that happened. And then, and then <laughs> Billy Bob walks away with Kate and Angelina in a throuple. Like, that's what I would Yes, done. yes. But then the weird being, part is that being this Being a great happens, director like I am. But this happens, and then... He comes back to work, gets angry at <laughs> Billy Bob. There's a bomb threat that forces everybody out of the air traffic Which control center. Which happens like that. That. It's like those scenes happen so close together. I'm like, what? Huh? 
I'm like, how did, how did it get here? I I know. I, I'm from New York. I know what the Van Wick is like, buddy. You're not getting there that fast. <laughs> Van, Van Wick in the Kennedy Expressway and fucking right. trying. No, come on. Come on. They Was also it? just, the guy who's running the air traffic control center very flippantly says there's a bomb threat. Like just, it is, there is very little weight. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the line that literally Everyone, breaks yeah. up the fight that they're having that's that's the insertion of the bomb threat is like yeah guys guys you know this it's like the end of gangs of new york you know what i mean it's sort of like we've got bigger fish to fry there's a bigger plot point we need to insert here please stop fighting yeah yes like watchmen yeah yeah there's an alien so so basically there's a bomb threat everyone's forced out of the air traffic control center and and then there is a scene that I actually kind of loved which is these two guys are need to need to land like a bazillion planes in 26 minutes or something crazy like that and they're doing it and also shit talking each other in between <laughs> landing planes again great scene it's the type of thing that you're like, I could see the Charles brothers being like, and then they're like, they're, you know, exchanging oh, barbs while yeah. also being like, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Um, but then, because I don't know if this is a studio, I don't know, whatever. But then like, <laughs> they land all the planes or it seems there's a plane they can't get in contact with. So Nick runs out of the building thinking that, that Russell's behind him. And all of a sudden he's on the motion. plane. Yeah. He got it how he got there. But he's no, <laughs> so kidding. no, but he runs out of the he building in slow the motion. The no, okay. Yeah. He he in slow motion, Nick runs out of the out of the building, thinking that Russell's behind him, but he's not. He later finds out that Russell was able to get in contact with someone that was able to talk mm-hmm. to the person on the plane mm-hmm. and land the plane or something. So, so Nick again has been he called an old woman's air phone. Correct. He that you've like cuckolded Nick a second time, essentially by like, or at least you know em- emasculated him by Russell, which he can't fucking deal with. Um, Connie leaves him. He goes on this wanderlust to try to find Russell, Russell in the w- in Colorado, f- fly fishing or some shit like that. They have this weird scene where he tells him he needs to bathe his, uh, cleanse his sins <laughs> in the river. This is this is. <laughs> Okay, so again, <laughs> it, this was so dumb. I mean, like <laughs> everything about this was so half baked. Like I, it it's was, just, they just—it's yeah. so half baked. Like it's, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, this is like the drive to Colorado. The, 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 the lack of t- understanding of time and space. Correct. Going to Colorado, like there is, there, there is, and could have been. <laughs> Something really interesting and fun going on there, yeah. but at you know two hours into this movie, yeah. the, I mean, the fact that he found him fly fishing on the Colorado River on a trip to the Colorado River—it's insane. It's a big country. Yeah, it's the a movie- big country, guy. <laughs> it's also just like. It it feels well, so like as Kenny said, it feels like a first pitch. It feels like you know the shitty pitch would be that he finds him fly fishing in the Colorado River. It, it it does it does work in you know in the context of this entire movie yeah. is a John right, Cusack sure. fever dream, which like <laughs> you know it's not, but like it could have been. Like, I mean, <laughs> Billy Ray's got this Ryan? like I don't know. Again, like I'm mesmerized by even the outfit of him out there. He's he's. He's kind of catching fish with his hands 
and he's he's got like yeah, hand belly he, hillfish. Yeah. Hand and then he put he, he sends the yeah, fish out like he he it's, it's a, a you know it's a wonderful uh, that's the do best you remember part the line of the though do you remember the yes. line where he says yes. i caught him he knows it's I caught wonderful him. That's why I it's just back. wonderful that's that's a real magical yeah, billy good. ray billy There's ray also billy a, bob a, a really great line earlier where where nick says I spoke to Mary. She seems well. She had a message for you. See, I told you Colorado wasn't far enough. That's a that's a great Again, like a Frasier line. line. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. there's a lot of great yeah, totally. Cheers episodes. Like I feel like this is kind of like yeah. Cheers season six. You know, with Kirstie Alley. There's a lot of that in here. And being it, and there's you know when you yeah. watch old Cheers and you watch old Frasier. Fifty percent of those jokes really don't work. <laughs> they don't work anymore. You know, it's just sure. it, they're brilliant still, and they're a lot of fun to watch. But you know, and I have to say about this mm-hmm. movie, just in a weird way, like all of the airport Please. stuff and all of the airplane stuff, there none of it works anymore post nine eleven. But they're, in a weird way, that's another reason why I love like ninety nine movies and even of course further back. I love ba- that back in the day you can make a fun movie on a plane or a fun movie in like an airport. It's a very kind of time capsule type of thing. And the strangest like thing with this movie is you, you totally hit it earlier, Phil, about like you know sort of the toxic behavior of like you know Bill Clinton's politics hangs over this movie but again like it's so fascinating to see all of this like he would have been you know like locked up by the FBI for life like on Guantanamo <laughs> Bay if he had done those things in real life yes. post 911 yes. and you know the the last shot is him having broken into the 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 cockpit to take over comms to talk to his wife as the as the plane is flying over the twin towers <laughs> is fucking like yeah, iconic to me <laughs> when he when john cusack is convinced that billy bob is trying to uh put the plane in a an elect and an electrical storm on two occasions he tries to bum right. rush the cockpit yeah and is is held they have tasers now. they have weapons now I, I, they didn't have them then <laughs> I agree with you strongly, Ryan. I agree with you strongly. I, as I said, I was, I've been watching Taxi from the beginning. And the first episode of Taxi, the climax takes place at the gate as Judd Hirsch's daughter is about to get on a plane. And all five of the goofs from, from the fucking depot show up at the gate to witness this emotional moment. And yeah, I, yeah of course I missed that. Of course. What kind of animal wouldn't miss this stuff? That's that's what we really. That's this is the really end of an era. This is pushing ten is one of the last is. great. Yes. Yeah. So I to, to, to wrap this up real quick. <laughs> <Decent>. um, <laughs> yes. Fine. To wrap this up, uh, basically Nick won't cleanse himself in the river, <laughs> um, and then Russell says, "Well, then there's only one other option," and so they go to a fucking. Uh, runway and <laughs> yeah, are, the local are, runway, right? Are 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 thrown in the air by the jet wash of a seven forty seven jet. Um, with, this with, scene yeah. is yeah. twenty seconds long. 20 it happens so fast. Yeah. There is no there is no lead up to it. Yeah. It's just like I'm like the climax of this movie just happened. It's yeah. just it's just yeah. 
and, and then they laugh, and then I think they like hold hands a little bit, yeah. and they're brothers yeah, well, they for life. For some, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a little, there's a little bit of the the War of the Roses hold hand thing at the end. I think they go for, mm, but very really top gun. Really. But I'll say this: I, I do think to <laughs> it is very top gun, a strong top gun energy. Though. I'll say this: um, part of I think the reason that the scene is so short is because Mike Newell has no idea how to shoot it. Like, there's no coverage sure. because it's all in front of a green screen. <laughs> um, so it's, it's just like it's it's a it's a nightmare vision of. Of like Jar Jar Binks CG of like them flying away uh, in the jet wash. It's insane. Um, and then and then basically uh, we mentioned the end of the movie, which is that he reconciles with Connie by taking over the comms of of a of a of a jet. Uh, and and then he sings and it's bad. Um, and and then we see uh, yeah. the twin towers as a plane flies by. It, it's it's a it's a strange fucking thing. It's a strange movie. Um, I. But I gotta say, I, I I do have a strange affinity for it. I can't I can't, and and perhaps I haven't articulated it particularly well in this podcast. But I do think that there's a bunch of stuff here that I really enjoy, um, and it's possible that it's a different mm-hmm. movie in my head that I'm enjoying um, than the one that we were given by Mike Newell. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I want to rate this because I want us to do our top five Cape Blanchets as well. Um, so. In 99, saw this in the theater. I probably would have given it a 60. I didn't like it very much. Didn't hate it. It was kind of whatever it was. Um, Seeing it through a little bit more of an analytical lens now, 20 years later, um, probably not as kind to it. I'm at a 51. Wow. Which is that, like, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't. Again, I know that Kenny and I have different differing opinions no, on, on the grading no, we, system. We don't. We don't. I, I, I adhere to your grading system. Which is that I I might recommend this to a person for for some scenes for oh, a solid oh, cast. We, yes, yes. All right, we do have different we do have different feelings. The fifty percent thing on yeah. what recommendation means. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I definitely, kind of weirdly, I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to stick it at fifty one. I'm certainly not going up. I don't want. I don't think this movie deserves to be below fifty. Um, it's it's definitely on a razor's edge of of mm-hmm. oddity. Um, but I but I but I kind of still like it. I obviously loved this conversation, and I think it kind of made me like it maybe a little bit more. It might be like a fifty two now, but like, yeah. So I, you I, were it, what were you before the podcast? Fifty one. Oh, you were fifty one before the podcast. I'll take it. Now. I'll take it. Yes. Okay. I feel like I did right. good work today. All right. I, Kenny. I, uh, Kenny's I, not going to be as kind, I, I don't think. No, I, no, I am actually. I would be, oh, really? Maybe even, maybe even kinder. Oh, wow. Uh, I would say, all right. So the difference between me and Phil yes. is Phil looks at recommendations as someone coming up to him and saying, should I watch P- yes. Pushing Tin? Whereas yeah. I look at recommendations as people saying, what should I watch tonight? Yeah. And this is, is there a situation yeah. where I would I would say yeah, Pushington's the movie. Pushington, you should watch. Um, <laughs> so in a vacuum, would Kenny pick Pushington? In a vacuum, yeah. you know, in a vacuum, would I put Pushington on my master list of movies you should watch? You 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 would. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be embarrassed recommending. I would this be is, yeah. if I recommend. This is not a sight and sound. <laughs> so I I I am I I was at a thirty one before this podcast. I am at a 45 now. I think you did great work, Ryan. I, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I, I think, I don't think we spent this podcast 
mocking the film. I agree. As much, you know, so sometimes we have a great time sure. mocking films mm-hmm. and the and the number only goes down. But usually when we don't like a film, we usually mm-hmm. get real mad about it. Right. And I we really enjoy this. I think I really enjoyed this podcast because there's a lot here <laughs> yeah. to talk about and you got to give the film credit for that. And I really am truly grappling with the like, do I hold a film responsible for the film it could have been in my mind? Or do I give it credit for being the film it is and also giving birth to something that that I like being the kind of thing that that, that I think could have been improved upon. So I'm which I think is like uh, a, a weirdly valuable Absolutely. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't you you can't your 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 imagination can't start to run wild if there is nothing you know to work sure. with there. So there's plenty here. This is an, this is this is a this is a good film uh, for for a podcast. Well, and, and it's we a, a quintessential 19. Uh, I mean, I, I love your podcast because again, like 1999 is such a um, it's such a formative year for me. Like it really is a year that I consumed every movie that came out. It was a big. We talked about that a lot before the podcast. It's a formative year for Ryan Marker, so we should do it. <laughs> consuming the year like i just i I, so i i love the good the bad and the ugly of 1999 and and they are all great to me in a in their own weird way and i love the way that that you guys get into these things sort of beyond just sort of the movie i mean 1999 is a very big part of all of these movies and i think it's a very big part of for sure uh, sure. pushing (laughs) tim Which is why I love it. I agree. So, so what would what would your rating be um, back okay. in the day? Uh, I do you think? And then before uh, podcast, after podcast. Well, I would say that back in the day, I would have given it probably a 70, 72. and now okay. it's definitely okay. in the eighties. Like I'd say, it's still. I mean, it's an 80, 81 or eighty two. But I, I again, like I, we, 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 we have such insane guests sometimes. Just a little, I love you, just, Ryan. Just, 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 legi- <laughs> le- just well, legitimately. I watched it the other night. Come on, this I, I watched it the other night, myself. and I was just I'm like, shocked. "My God, this is such a joyous movie." I felt, <laughs> I felt so happy watching it, and so that's good. <laughs> that's, oh, that's great. Well, I'm so right, happy. I, I asked I, you. I it's it's a slight embarrassment, but ultimately, this is a movie I have. Definitely yeah. recommended to certain people uh, who I think would appreciate something like this. It's not for everyone. I think I speak for Kenny. I think I speak for Kenny when I say that a movie bringing you joy is the best fucking thing, right? Like, I, I honestly, I know we're it's laughing. Everything. It's everything. It's everything. And and I am, I truly am thrilled that this movie brings you as much joy as it does. And on some yeah. level, I kind of understand. I know it. you do. I know but you guys both kind of like this. I just is, think you know, you guys are doing all of them, and I definitely <laughs> kind of you know, like it. That's that's a big thing to do, and I there are greats <laughs> that you have to. But you know, I'm on screen drafts. Like I'm, we have I'm the co-host of screen drafts here. where literally. That's, like you, you are, can play you a pushing tin in a in a five on a certain type of genre list. It's all right. So 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 let's <laughs> let's uh let's let's play let's, let's play the strange drafts game. First, I oh. want to play the strange drafts drafts game. Okay, what are we? Okay. Give me a potential screen drafts episode where one might play pushing tin. It would not be vetoed by the commissioners, 
And you would say that's an approach where they sure. would play it at five, like you just said, and where you'd be like, that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, plain I'd, definitely plain movies. I'd plain say movies? even plain pre nine 11 movies. This is high. This is higher. Have than you five. done? Have you done? Have not done plain Wait, have you done plain that's movies? That's like a no brainer. All right. So yeah. We're, so we're calling it. We're calling plain <laughs> movies right now. Just it so you would know. It, it wouldn't be near the list, Ryan. But oh, go ahead. <laughs> plain movies is a good I mean, one. Would it be higher movies. or lower than Flight Plan for you, Kenny? Jody. Oh, Flight Plan? That's the Jodie Foster, Foster loses her kid on a big plane. <laughs> Definitely low, lower. That's a real. Maybe that's that's my my favorite. Sh- my favorite sub sub genre is. Right. Uh, it's on a plane. So. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I, fair enough. I, let, I mean, plane movies, movies are very are good. Yeah, it's a really because yeah. I feel like you can do a lot yeah. with the airport. There's a lot of airport movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, the airport. Yeah, I mean, airplane. Totally. One, one of the greats. I, I think airplane. I think I think airplane <laughs> is probably the uh, the the leader in the club. Kenny, you are pl- you are playing your hand I, right I, now. Yeah, you're playing your hand. No, right I, 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 mean, I don't really expect Clay to let me on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Clay's uh, going to let us do a plane. I, I don't I, see I, why I not. Pitch, I, 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 I really well, threw my hat. I really threw my hat in the ring for dance movies, and I think I'm going to oh, get it. Oh, that's so, going to be great. I, went, well, I mean, I'm Canadian. I'm getting the Canada draft. Only you're getting because the Canada I was draft. Born in Canada. That's well, the only. Why, reason, like, I mean, Clay didn't know that I'm a dance writer, but I'm a dance writer. I write on. The, it's going to sound like a bit now because I've been doing bits all night. I write it. I write on the step up show. That is my job. So Penny. I'm a dance man. <laughs> so I, here's, here's what I'm going to be. Cause speaking of, of, of screen drafts, we are about, Fantastic. we're going to do our top five Cape Blanchett movies. And I'm, I'm fascinated. I really want to know if pushing Tim cracks your do, five. Oh yeah. Cause that's an interesting one. Do uh, let's okay. do it by screen draft rules. So oh, it's the, okay. the quality of the movie and not the quality of Kate's performance okay, correct, in the movie. Correct, correct, correct. Though, I think, Phil, you know this better than most, mm. uh, you, there is some leeway in terms of, like, what makes a Kate Blanchett movie. Right. You know and, what I and, mean? And I, there might be... The, the Black there's Swan one on here rule, that might, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, 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 we'll figure it out right. as we go along. But we're going to start right. at five. We're going to work our way up. We're going to round robin it. So we'll, I'll start at number five. My number five mm. is The Aviator. Um... I don't believe a very you, good okay. movie that that I what was that Kenny? <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe that's really your five. Come on, it is it is my five. I believe him. Um, I really <laughs> like that movie. Um, I think that she's tremendous in it because again, she is. I'm not incredible. a fan of what? What's up? What? She's incredible in that movie. Yeah, she's I great. Agree with that. I, yeah. I, and 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 the reason I I just want to the reason that I I do really like the film is my number five just because. Um, She's not in it that much, um, although there, anyway, um, I am not generally speaking a fan of the um, mimicry performance. The performance of it's just not really my thing. She transcends it somehow. She doesn't really yeah. look anything like Catherine Hepburn, and yet she's just it's it's a phenomenal performance. She's amazing in it. Uh, what's your number five, Kenny? Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Nice. I like that you got nice and close to the mic yeah. on that. Uh, uh, I, it's the only good Marvel movie uh, made before. The only good non-Spider-Man Marvel movie, I think. And, she's great. Uh, she's fucking she's awesome. so She's so fucking good in it. She's so cool. And uh, that movie is so fucking awesome. Like, and she's so awesome in it. So that's my favorite. 
what's I alluded your, what's to your five, earlier, Ryan? Phil. Uh, it is a, it's a movie called Pushing Tim. Pushing yeah, actually. I, I think that her performance yes, in this actually five. is the best performance in the movie. And uh, like, I, I think, again, it was my first. So I think it kind of holds a special place. And yeah, I think it's a, I think, again, it, like if you're looking for Kate Blanchett performances, I completely understand the premise of this. But I obviously have love for the full movie, but I particularly love sure. uh, Kate, Kate's performance. So that's mm-hmm. my number five, Pushing 10. It's, listen, uh, <laughs> I'm just thrilled that it's on the five, think, that it got the vote. Uh, I think, uh, a cl- and again, I'm not pitching myself for this because I'm not the right yeah. person, but I, th- I think Kate Blanchett would be a particularly Absolutely. interesting screen draft. I agree. Because, yeah. because there is no... There's so many. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we right. each had different number ones. And when Phil and I do this, generally like two out of the three have the same number one, and the other guy is the number. I I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if my number one didn't make your lists. I wouldn't be surprised if my number two didn't. I wouldn't be surprised if my number two didn't. I can see lists. this. I totally can so, see this. So um, and and I don't think and I don't think it's that far out of the mainstream. I just yeah. think that you know these that she has. A varied career in yeah. a way that really is just fascinating. I, I, Fifteen movies that that grown ups. Yep. Responsible grown-ups could say yeah. are a top five movie for her. Hundred percent, not including Pushing Tin. Um, but you know, <laughs> so my number four, uh, also Thor Ragnarok, great movie. She's oh, great in it. You. I remember. I, I mean, I remember when the first stills came out with her as the villain. And I was just like, well, fuck. I mean, this is just going to be. I mean, epic. So amazing. Uh, what's your What's your four, Kenny? My number four is Carol. Uh, Interesting. Tr- Interesting. Tr- a tremendous, tremendous film and uh, a, like maybe her best performance, except for my number one. <laughs> Ryan, um, what's your, my, what's your one four? of my favorite things she's ever done uh, is one of the shorts in the in the kind of anthology film by Jim Jarmusch, Coffee and Cigarettes. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's sort of hard to find. I have seen that, but I don't remember. Her, she basically her, plays her, uh, two. Her, uh, her. Two, she's sisters, twin sisters, and she plays both roles. And they're, you know, the whole movie of the premise of the movie is different scenes where they're just kind of in a diner, you know, drinking coffee and, and smoking cigarettes. But there's a very fascinating chemistry she has with herself. They're complete opposite sisters, and they do this great, like, it's just a wonderful scene uh, again with herself. And it's a magnificent performance because, yeah, it's so, so, so good. Like, that, that whole yep. movie is really like, one of his greats. Um, I just I, I should watch it again. I, I remember really liking it, but I just I yeah. don't remember her particular. Oh, it's so it, good. I'm You're sure, gonna love I'm sure it. It's great. Um, my number three is mm-hmm. the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, she, I know it's oh. she's not in it that much, but um, first of all, it's one of my favorite films of '99. But also, this talented Miss Ripley does something incredibly well, um, which is that Jude Law and Kate Blanchett. Um, disappear from the film for large swaths, but they're felt, their presence is felt, their their characters are felt in such a way that when they do come back, she just feels, I just think she's fucking great in it and her performance is just what could have been a throwaway. She mm-hmm. just elevates it to a whole new level and and so that is that is my number three. What's yours, Ken? Um, I'm so interested to see you guys top three, top two. Uh <laughs> My number three is the Curious oh, Case wow. of Benjamin Buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie I really, uh, really love, even though it's not nearly, you know, one of my favorite Fincher movies. 
But uh, it's such a powerful movie, such a great performance. I mean, kind of having to play like this straight person aging, you know, regular years. It's just it's just as hard and important a role as uh, Brad Pitt's work in that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's gorgeous. It's just a gorgeous, just a gorgeous film. You don't meet Mm -hmm. meet too many uh, Benjamin Button fans these days. Oh, you're about to meet one. Wow. Yeah, I knew it was coming on Phil's list. That's incredible. Um, Ben Butts is what we call him. That's 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 how I'm known. (laughs) (laughs) They're not you. (laughs) Uh, What's your number Um, three? This is a movie that I I, again like. I I love the movie. Um, It's it's probably a pretty. It won't be spoken about too much in the future, unfortunately, because it's a great performance by her. But it's Blue Jasmine, Woody Allen's Blue Jasmine. Um, Yeah, that was that's my number three. Your number what was my number three again? Three uh, like. Like Pushington, the more that I've watched Blue Jasmine again, I'm more drawn to the performance of this film than the overall streetcar named Desire vibe to it that Woody Allen just sort of, you know, he's obviously just remaking that movie in a modern context. But again, incredible, incredible performances like and she is unbelievably like commanding in a very like Mm -hmm. like intimately and broken performance. It is hard to watch this she's film. incredible and uh if again like i love watching an actor grapple with a great role and i really do think this is a great role for her she definitely imbues it with all of her energy and all of her passion and it's it's i i think it's the last great woody allen film i you know i'm certainly not going to delineate his entire career because of his sins but i will say that there are great sure. gems that run throughout that filmography, and this is one of them. I mean, Andrew Dice Clay is great too. Will, 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 I just want to make Will. I want to make sure you got all that so you can strike that entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. We'll right, just go right. Right, right from four to two uh, with. <laughs> uh, but but no, I I I actually I really do agree with you, and I I grappled with putting Blue Jasmine on this list. I think she's tremendous in the film. Um, I think actually her and Sally yeah. Hawkins are both fantastic in that movie. Um, and I also agree that I think it's the last truly yeah. great Woody Allen film. Um, my number two is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, um, which I, which, you know, to, 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 um, chime in, you know, to basically agree with Kenny in terms of, I think it's a beautiful film. I actually think I, I like it more than Kenny does in, in the film. You definitely like it more than me, but yeah. I, I don't think he's ever made a bad no, film. No, I, I guess and we're in the same same. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think they're all really... I, I think it is, I think it's a movie uh, You think he's made a bad film, Fincher? Ryan? Maybe, yeah, maybe Alien 3. I don't know. I, you know, no, I don't think he's made a bad film. I don't think he can make a bad film. I'm really curious to watch Benjamin Button, though, again. Like, I have to say, I haven't seen it since it came out. I don't remember. I, a thing I think about that Benjamin it. Button, I remember it comes out and it was obviously big Oscar bait. It was a very expensive film. It was, you know, it was a co production. Obviously, gets a bunch of Oscar nominations. Um, and I think that a lot of people dinged it with the whole, like, it's just Forrest Gump again. Yeah. And there were just a lot of things yeah, it's structurally. Much Gump, but, it's, it's much better than Forrest Gump. Um, I, I think that you would very much enjoy it today. Kenny mentioned something, which is what I love about the film is that their two timelines are, are essentially, mm-hmm. they meet up in the middle. Um, I, I think that uh, Kenny says it beautifully in terms of how 
Kate Blanchett ages so beautifully and gracefully throughout the film, um, you really do think that you're watching wow. a person age 50 years or some or somewhat throughout the course it's of the just, film. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's amazing. There, there are movies, or there, there, there are narratives like this where you're with characters for a long yeah. period of time and see them age. And obviously this, you know, uses a little bit of narrative trickery to get there, but it's in... Fitzgerald, it's you know, it's Fitzgerald's original conception. Yeah. It's there for the taking, and I think uh, I think Pitch mm. just did such a gorgeous job with such a weird yeah. piece of IP. So okay, I'm good source material. What's your number two, Kenny? Uh, uh, <laughs> a movie that I guess neither of you are going to have, but a movie I saw uh, at the Telluride Film Festival and was totally fucking blown away. Um, actually, I think this is my second. Yeah. Uh, second uh, film by this director, uh, who I can't remember his name, but um, I'm oh. not there. The Bob Dylan movie. Wow. Oh, the Todd Haynes movie. Yeah. Second Todd Haynes movie. I guess I, I guess I didn't realize I was such a Todd Haynes person, but I loved I'm Not There. I loved your performance that I'm Not There. I love Don't Look. Yeah. Uh, it's called Don't Look Back, right? Don't Look Back, yeah. Uh, which she's basically aping that entire movie, but it's so fucking cool. She's so cool doing it. I think all the fucking vignettes in that movie are awesome. Um, and uh, and yeah, I I I really do uh, love it, and I don't think that uh, I, you know, I don't think it's, it's a very good movie. Remembered, even yeah. though she was nominated. Yeah, that's Oscar. interesting. I really, uh, uh, I, I'm going to be doing actually a a Bob Dylan draft coming up. Uh, it's it's going to be one of my oh, for wow. his 80th birthday. Bob Dylan's turning turning 80. So wait, what's the uh, what's the Dylan? Okay, draft? so it's going to be what's, movies what's, he either um, appeared in, movies that Dylan are about draft. him, or documentaries. You know, concert documentaries, so that he's a you know performed in. Sure. So, so not movies that no, have because I you know you can Dylan's get into a lot of like weird movies on the with score. That, you know, so it's sure, there's enough. There's literally like fifteen or sixteen right. titles. So it'll be it'll be super. We will be bringing up right. that movie, I'm sure. So what's your uh, my number uh, your two number is two, Hannah right? Joe Wright's Hannah. I don't know. Yeah. God, I'm Interesting. So fucking, I'm so proud of you guys right now. I'm feeling Hannah so is about, about what's fucking happening. incredible. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite movies. It's so good. It's a like, crazy movie. I've seen it a bunch of times just because every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I discover something new. There's so many great little performances, so many great, like, I mean, Saoirse Ronan is incredible in this. Uh, but Kate Blanchett is fucking devious as fuck. She's so good when she plays a villainess. Uh, and she's just incredible. I mean, she's terrifying as hell. It's actually, yeah, her, it's her best I agree. Mode. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Her other best mode is notes on a scandal, yes. like hot mom person. <laughs> like when she's like, I, I don't think she plays hot oh, nearly mom, enough. Mom like she plays, she plays right. like, like modern hot person. Yes, she yes. plays, she's obviously always a beautiful person, but like, I yeah. love it when she just plays hot. Yeah. And, uh, and she almost never, I, I wish there was more of that. Yeah. But she's she's very sexy. Number. I am. Um, so my number one is Carol. Um, I think she's, I think she's magnificent in that film. I think it's an amazing film. I think that, you know, we talk, I, I think it's interesting that we just said she's great as a villain and she's great as a, as a modern mom sort of. And I think she's both of those things in Carol. Like there's mm-hmm. just so it's not much really going modern, on. but you know, you know, yes, yeah, not modern, but, but, but that's but, what I mean. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she's tremendous in the film. I rewatched the film recently and I'm just, I, I was 
floored by it all over again. She's just she's just absolutely magnificent in that film. Um, the, the the one other performance that I did want to highlight almost made it. The movie's not great, but I really enjoyed mm. her in Ocean's Eight. She's got some energy in that film that I'm mm. just like I want more of that. Like whatever movie Kate Blanchett's in, I wish that we all got that movie for, for right. the two hours that it existed. Um, and, and um, but yes, Carol's my number one. What's your number one, Kenny? The right answer. Blue Jasmine. Uh, the right just answer. like it's blue. Like <laughs> <laughs> blue Jasmine is so fucking good. It is such a good fucking movie. And it's, it's maybe the only time I can remember actually sitting there. I'm sorry. Right. I was joking, obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, with you. Because I knew it was going to be Kenny. my number one. You're killing me. But it's me. one of the only times. It was. It that's what I do, baby. It was one of the only times I remember sitting in a theater and thinking, uh, particularly for you know, Blue Jasmine is not Elizabeth that just yeah. screams Oscar, right? Yeah. So sure. it's the first time I remember sit, sitting in a theater and thinking this person has to right. win an Oscar for this role. It's so affecting, and it is a small movie. Like it's a small human-sized mm-hmm. film. Um, I really felt for that character. It was very timely in the moment. You know, it's about the wife, uh, like essentially the powerless wife of someone who's losing everything. I also think Andrew Ice Clay is fantastic in yeah, that. He is not very as good as, that. Not as good as he is in The Star is Born. He should have gotten nominated for that. But like, uh, I, I think, I just think the movie fucking sings. And of course, it's Woody Allen's last good movie. He, he's only made yeah. horrible films since then. But um, yep. he just, you know, uh, Woody Allen's a tough one, obviously, and like movies like Sweet and Low Down, which we've already done. I'm I'm very comfortable like pretending don't, they don't exist. Like movies that are like movies I would have just kind of wrote, I yeah. would have written for before. Mm-hmm. But or a movie like Manhattan, which was my favorite Woody Allen movie for most of my life, and now I I, I think like rightfully kind of <laughs> done that doesn't exist. But for your like yeah. your your Annie your your Annie Halls, your Hannah's, Hannah and your sisters. Even Crimes and Misdemeanors, which Phil and yeah. I are grappling with whether to do yeah. it on our 89 podcast, ones that aren't like explicitly yeah, about yes. how disgusting he is. Yes. Um, I think we can still play with that. And, and unfortunately, there never really is going to be a Woody Allen reappraisal. But if there ever was, this should be in the top five. It's just I one agree. of his finest films. So. And she's, I mean, it is, it's, it is a towering performance from her. You know what I mean? It's, it is, it was, it was one of those things where, and you guys might remember that Oscar campaign mm-hmm. got a little dicey and she sort of had to kind of do a little bit of navigating through a minefield Woody of, Allen. of yeah. not siding you know, with Woody Allen, just Woody Allen and everything that, 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 you know, encumbered. Um, but the performance was just so great that it somehow rose above all of that um, which is a testament mm-hmm. to you know to to her. Uh, what's your number one? Um, my number Very one is curious. is a movie actually Clay Keller uh, recommended to me years ago at the video store called Notes on a Scandal. We spoke of it earlier. Um, I just it's mm-hmm. incredible. Very it's good so good so one. good. Like he again movie yeah. <laughs> movie yeah. pushed on me. I was like, dude, like keep, keep that away. Like just. <laughs> The title kind of bugged me, like Notes on a Scandal. It just sound, didn't sound great. The cover was sort yeah. of like, I don't know. No, I like, I like that so movie a lot. Great. It was like, Ragnarok was my, Ragnarok was like my funny pick, but that was on my list before. It's so great. I mean, like she holds her own. It is a true yeah. like battle of great yeah. actors just throwing. I love movies too about like, 
strange so, circumstances where you know a person's life is just thrown completely off because of one weird little incident and this movie kind of pits yeah. these two people against each other and judy dench is fucking nails it like just the scene of her smoking a cigarette like laying in the in the tub you know just like dreaming of her revenge on Kate Blanchett it's disturbing as fuck oh, I would watch that tonight it's, like, it's tight so good 90 it's, so minutes. Good. Uh, it's a great um, movie it's a great movie. I, I'm so proud of you guys for not picking this was a great list honestly I think and we like, did, did I thought just, I, you know? I don't, um, Ryan, do you like Lord yeah, of the Rings? I like Lord of the Rings, but I'm never going to call any of those things great performances, honestly. It's just not my thing, you know. Well, great. They're, they're fun movies, well, and yeah, I've watched I mean, them you know. a few times. You know, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Yep, absolutely. But she's barely in them, you know, like it's not exactly. I was just, I was, that was my, my thing came, and I know I have two movies where she's a supporting character, but she has two scenes yeah. in, in Lord of the Rings, or at least in Fellowship. Um, so, so next week, I'm very curious if you've seen the movie that we're covering next week, uh, Ryan, uh, we're covering uh, the minus yes. man next week. Um, oh, what a flick. What a flick. Oh yeah. Have you seen what the minus man, Ryan? What a wild movie that movie is. Oh God. See, this is Ryan. <laughs> this is why we love you. Um, I, it was, I was rolling the dice. I was like, okay, I think we're going to throw it a minus man. I don't know if Ryan's seen it. So, uh, Hampton Fancher's. Yep. <laughs> the Minus Man, uh, with a stacked cast of Owen Wilson, Janine Garofalo, Brian Cox, Mercedes Rule, Dwight Yoakam, Dennis Haysbert, oh. Cheryl Crow. Uh, a, just a, a movie that that does not exist. <laughs> um, Kenny is is editing his own version, The Plus Man, um, because yeah. he, he believes there's a much better movie to be I made. Think, I, I, think, I think The Minus Man, as long as I can get the raw footage, I think the minus man could be turned into the plus man and could be an excellent movie with one very small change. And it's not, it's actually not dissimilar mm-hmm. to, to this movie. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's to, you know, pushing tin. It's the, the, the very small change all has to do with, with okay. perspective yeah. and, and, and Owen Wilson's grasp of reality. Yeah. And uh, I, when I stumble upon it, I'm very proud of, of when I do. I just don't have the skills. So, Will, our producer, Will, you remember you did uh, you did agree to cut this for me, right? Will. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Will and I will be working on this. You know, Will's, hopefully, the the disembodied voice of Will. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Ten four. <laughs> uh, copy. Yeah, it's it's uh it is a very strange film. Um I thought we did we had a great episode. We had Adam Carp on, uh writer producer, um, a good friend of mine, um, who was working, I believe, at the production nice. company at the time that this movie was made. So he had he had some uh some insight into why this movie was made. Is this an artisan movie? I think it's an um, artisan but, yeah. It is an artisan movie. Oh yeah, it's yeah. artisan. Um, it is. It's a strange <laughs> film. Uh, got a little great conversation. Um, can't wait to see Kenny's cut. Great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So next week, uh, what are your thoughts on the Minus Man, Ryan? Just I always to, liked it. Like I, it? I liked it a lot. I like. I like Owen Wilson. I think he gives it a great performance. Yeah. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. The movie's. It's a pretty and i like hampton fancher i think he's a, a fascinating writer i think it's an odd movie don't get me wrong but like i don't know i mean his name's hampton fancher it's hard I mean, it's not his to only like thing and it's fancher, kind of in its own saying. way but of course well, but you know directing like a film i mean it's it's kind of a well-directed <laughs> film yeah it's 
Can I, 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 Kenny did mention this um, on the episode. I just, it needs to be said um, that Fancher was born to a Mexican Danish mother and an American father, a physician in East Los Angeles. At 15, he ran away to Spain to become a flamenco dancer and renamed himself Amazing. Mario Montejo. Amazing. Yeah. So he's, yeah. A great, he's, a he's a great man. He's a great man. He's a great man. Um, the my what I mean, I, <laughs> it was it was either recut it as the plus man or try to get the rights to to like do a do remake, a, do a TV yeah. movie of the plus man. What I mean, I I got to do something with this. Like I, I yeah. think this is yeah. yeah. We keep we keep dancing around what's going to be Phil and I's big project. That what, what's going to be a piece of IP out of this? I think yeah, it's going to be uh, yeah. It's going to be the the minus man turning the plus man. Um, Ryan, thank, thank you so you. much for being here. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking Pushing yeah. Tin. Uh, we hope that you'll come back. Will you? Such I'm going to send you the 1989 movies that we're covering because I think that there might be yeah. some, some in there Another that, big you, year uh, for me. that you might want to dig into. Another big year for you, but uh, we'd love to have you back. And, and truly, like, you know, Kenny and I, huge, huge fans of everything you guys do on Screen Drafts. And uh, Kenny and I can't wait to come back on and give you another masterclass. Yes. In, yeah, I kind of feel like I want to take take both of you guys on it at a different time that that'd be if oh, oh, yeah. oh whatever you want brothers whatever uh, I, and i can't wait to ambush you on the at, at the arrow please on, of uh, course of please, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to meet. one of the great things i like about screen justice meeting all of these various people every week and like sure. when i sure. finally see them live at the arrow it's going to be so surreal and and so exciting i'm really looking forward to it uh so yeah free popcorn for you guys we'll get yeah. these great seats well. Oh, thank you, thank you, Phil. So have you have you done you've done Lawrence of Arabia for your AFI thing? Right? Uh, we have done it. Oh, we didn't. I have guys. never seen it in the theater. That's the way to do it. It's yeah. like got the you know the intermission and the entrap. That's, yeah. that's the one. It's so great. All that you know the bells and whistles of old time I, cinema. You I know. know, it's wonderful. Let's it's do the it. One. Let's it's do the it. Movie. It's All right, the one. guys. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll see, thank I'll you. see you guys so yeah. much. You know, see you guys. Brian, thank you so much. Phil and I have only ever seen one movie together. And we've been we've we've been very good friends for about fifteen years. We've seen one movie together, and it was Crawl. It was Crawl. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's make Lawrence number two. <laughs> one last thing: please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, speaking of subscribing, check out our Patreon on all the best films of 1989: Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Fabulous Baker Boys, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters Two. Field of Dreams, Major League, and many, many more. We are covering all the best films of 1989 with amazing guests like Joanna Robinson, Liz Hanna, Hunter Covington, Brian Cogman, David Iserson, and many, many more. All your favorite guests from our 1999 podcast are coming on to the 1989 Patreon. You can sign up for it at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. For only $5, you get access to all of these awesome episodes. And for a few bucks more, you get video of our 1999 episodes as well. Plus, there are other very cool tiers too, where you can even be a guest on our podcast. Also, please check out our Reddit as well at reddit.com backslash podcastlikeits. We're also on Twitter at podcastlikeits. We're also on Instagram at podcastlikeits. Thank you to Ernie and Will for producing our episode, Sullivan for our social media, Jan Katas for our artwork and theme songs, and most of all, thank you all for listening.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 